0: This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1 855 Chat BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.
1: Good morning, friends. Happy Monday to you. Dr. Matt here along with Terry and Jeff. The gang has gathered a whole new week. Well, or a partial week for some of us. What are you trying to say? I have Friday off. No! Settle down, everybody.
2: It's an early Christmas present. But hey, it's not about me. When you told me why you're missing Friday, I rolled my eyes. You did. That was rude. But it's the only day I have to shop. Somebody's got to shop. Come on. You're waiting until Friday? Yeah. It's when all the best deals are. Yeah. You, you do know that there's this thing called night time. Right? Mm, tell me about that. Well, it's this magical time where you have no energy <laughs> and you wish you could go to bed at 6 o'clock at night. Yeah. No, yeah, I have that. And I do go to
1: bed at 6 o'clock. That's what people of my generation do. We just ease into bed and take our pills <laughs> and just nod off into the sleep. Hey, we've, uh, we had a great uh, company party last week and saw Star Wars. In fact, we were we were all talking about it this morning, uh, but now we day, really
3: can't talk about it.
1: No, no, you can't tell the stories. But apparently, half of the country is absolutely up in the night because they think that this wasn't the greatest movie of all time.
3: Right, because they've written their own fan fiction version that feels much better. Right,
1: the critics love the movie. The fans,
2: eh, 50-50. I. I am so frustrated with the fans, almost to the level of enjoyment that I experience, experienced watching the film. So you were I, I that peeved I thought it was at a the audience. Home run.
1: You thought it was a home run. Terry called it a triple? Home run. It's great, yeah. Yeah. We were trying to tip Terry off of all of the great things that were going on. We wrote a whole list of stuff to spoil it for you. But and you didn't. Then we decided not I to. I didn't do get that. one text. Because we care about you. We were so engrossed in the film. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I actually did take a nap in it. When? Uh, early. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You can't say. Or early in the movie. Early on? Yeah. When they're getting you up to speed. All right.
2: I destroyed my diet just as as harshly uh, as Laura Dern destroyed dot, dot, dot. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Oh, my Man. heavens. You see that? That was really close. Uh, we we'll get into all that fun stuff today. We got so
1: much to talk about. Joe Cannon will be joining us, our Washington insider, talking about all things Washington. Um, by the way, too, apparently, uh, um, Joe Ca- or uh, McCain, John McCain, hmm. went back home. Yep. So, which is good news, right? He- healthy enough to travel, hmm. but poor enough in health that he's not going to be around for the tax vote, which could be scary oh. Those numbers could be, you know... It can be close. Anybody could jump ship and then all
3: of a sudden, what do you do? Bob Corker found an entire uh, section uh, of the uh, tax code that benefits him. Oh, good for him. But it's kind of this thing where it's like, if you're a real estate developer, you can now get in on these special deals... These special uh, write-offs you can have. So there's in the special tax code. write-offs in the tax code for real and, estate development, and it wasn't in there before, but now it is. So Senator Bob Corker's like, "Where did this come from?" He wrote a letter to the Senator Orrin Hatch. Yeah. he's on that finance uh, committee. Yeah, and he's like, "Where did this come from?" It looks like they're they're calling it. It kind of parachuted into the whole tax code well, without who, people having much knowledge Who of it. would care at all about real estate developers in a tax bill? I don't, hmm. I don't know. Is there you, any-
1: You'd almost have to be a real estate developer to create <laughs> such tax law.
3: Yeah, this is crazy. Hmm. So yeah, they're, 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 and they're, they're, there's a fear that they're moving so fast that there's so many elements like this yeah. that are just being dropped in as at a moment's notice and people are just going to be expected to vote on it. To get something passed by the end of the year. Yeah. And then next year, the early part of next year, they'll get back together and, and have to do more legislation to fix whatever problems they find as they yeah. keep looking at this. When real estate developers take over the world. And at that point, more lobbyists can come in and influence how those rules are made so they can keep things in and make it a, oh, a, a more boy. advantageous for them. Uh, yeah. You know, government. Bruh. Then, okay, we'll have,
1: yeah, then we'll have another uh, you know, FBI investigation. And then we'll need an investigation
3: of, of the, the FBI, investigation FBI in the camp
1: investigating camp. the investigation. Man, good old America.
3: Beautiful <laughs> this, thing. This is what the Founding Fathers want. This is exactly what they, they yeah, anticipated. They're like, this is the ideal government right now. <sighs> Maybe we can avoid
1: all of it by getting to the other headlines. Anything no. else going no. on in the
3: news? President Trump plans to unveil a new national security strategy Monday morning presenting China and Russia as rivals, seeking to realign global power and a potential threat to the United States' interest. This, this according to the Trump administration officials on Sunday. Trump's policy statement is expected to reflect the America First themes of his campaign, reversing Obama-era warnings. About climate change and emphasizing the economic implications of U.S. foreign policy. the strategy advances what I would call a principal realism, one official said. In some ways, the global balance of power has shifted in unfavorable manners to American interests. This new strategy presents a plan of how America can regain momentum to reverse many of these trends. Wow. We'll talk about this with Joe Cannon coming up. As this one of the uh, topics Make America he actually suggested, great again. MAGA. Yeah. Uh, other news: Several U.S. senators now want to see Al Franken reverse his decision to resign amid multiple groping allegations. Political reports today: Two of the senators who issued resignation calls told Politico they felt rushed to weigh in as they were focused on hearing hearings and other meetings and pressure on Franken uh, as a pressure mounted on Franken Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia was among the few Democrats sen- Democratic senators to resist ever calling for Franken's resignation told Politico that his colleagues dramatic ouster by a party leaders was the most hypocritical thing I've ever mm. seen done to a human being and then have enough guts to sit on the floor which uh, watch him give his speech and go over and hug him. He goes, oh. so the people that were calling him to resign are over there hugging him, uh, so patting him on the back. That hypocrisy at the highest level I've ever seen in my life made me sick. Wouldn't <laughs> that make for great news if he was just like,
2: just kidding, psych, sticking around.
3: Senator <laughs> Patrick Leahy of Vermont, who did call for Franken's exit, has privately expressed regret to the senator. In retrospect, I think we acted too fast. The problem is they've already named... The, the well, lieutenant governor of Minnesota mm, is going to yeah. take his seat. Well, so. the bigger problem, huh, really, yep. is the headline multiple
1: gropings. Well, there's that. <laughs> Once you've got that in your headline, it doesn't matter who pushed you
3: out. You it, should be out. But it makes, it makes Joe Manchin sick <clears throat> that this was done. Uh, power restored late Sunday to uh, Atlanta's Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport, where thousands of passengers were left stranded and sitting in the dark following a major power outage. Georgia Power announced just after midnight that all electricity had been fully restored following a travel nightmare that affected an estimated 30,000 people, grounded at least 1,200 flights on a busy holiday weekend, the, you know, weekend before... Christmas, basically, Yeah, right? it's a big weekend. The chaos prompted authorities in Atlanta to open the Georgia International Convention Center to anyone who needs a place to stay for the night. <laughs> Hours after the mysterious power outage on Sunday morning, Georgia Power said a fire in an underground electrical facility was likely behind the mayhem. The company said the fire exhausted or caused extensive damage, and the cause is yet to be determined. The fire affected the main line and the backup line, so all the backup oh, generators they yeah. kick off. Now, everyone's coming back to the airport but they're fogged in oh brother but boy that can you imagine anything more
1: terrifying than being in the train yeah in the airport underground and all the power goes out pitch black
3: i heard a report this morning the idea the whole airport's dark you're in the airport you have all your belongings But you can't really see too far ahead of you, and someone can just walk by, grab your suitcase, and they're gone. You can't really do anything because you can't see what's going on. So it's kind of a scary situation that that way. Crazy. Uh, But uh, local uh, city of Atlanta got some help. Chick fil A, famed for never opening on Sundays, they opened and started serving meals. They they cooked in the mire. They cooked off site and Mm -hmm. brought a bunch of meals in. And uh, the mayor of Atlanta says, as of 11.30 p.m. Eastern, there were 2,000 meals served to passengers. According to Atlanta's mayor, uh, Kasim Reed, he goes, see, this is how bad it gets for Chick-fil-A to open on a Sunday. That's
1: great. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's the way it's supposed to work, right? Pull Pull that ox out of the mire.
3: And finally, this came out yesterday. What? It was a bit of a... Internet sensation in some realms of mm-hmm. the Internet, if yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. The Pentagon said that it had a secret program that lasted for five years and investigated unidentified flying objects, or UFOs. UFOs yeah. According to multiple reports published Saturday, the program, which only a few officials knew about, ran from 2007 to 2012, according to reports in The New York Times and The Washington Post. It received $22 million in annual funding from the U.S. Department of Defense It investigated sightings by military pilots of flying objects that maneuvered so unusually and so fast that they seemed to defy the laws of physics. Interesting. The Pentagon acknowledged the existence of the program. The Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program ended in 2012. A Pentagon spokesman said it was determined that there were other higher priority issues that merited funding and it was the best interest of the DOD to make a change. According to the reports, officials claim the program is still in existence in some form today and sightings are still being investigated, but the Pentagon would not confirm that part of the report. Well,
1: wouldn't, Mm. wouldn't this really have more to do with like Radio Shack's closing? And making and creating all of... And so now everyone's out there buying really discounted... Drones? Drones. Hmm. Less... Than, not More of that than, you know,
2: extraterrestrial beings. Could be. So why are we playing Pluto's music? Wait. Radio Shack is closing its doors? <clears throat>
3: yeah. All of them. I don't know if all of them. Some are, are open. They're basically selling cell phones now. Oh. Huh. It's not a cell phone outlet. Be-
1: and a drone and phone charts. and your drone capital, yeah, <laughs> so uh by the way, our very own um Mark Waite has a drone, mm. and apparently you now have to have your own your own like code on your drone, yep. so if your drone ends up in your neighbor's yard, the you know the feds know who to
3: get trump ah. uh, Trump signed legislation last week. Yeah. Might have just been an executive order because I'm not sure if any legislation happens anymore. But it makes every citizen who buys a quote-unquote toy drone, they have to register. It's got to be registered. Yeah.
1: Hmm. And
3: be prepared to, I'm sure, pay some tax
1: maybe eventually. Everything gets taxed. Air tax. Air tax. And uh, also if they catch it in the neighbor's yard with a camera on it. Hmm. You're going to be in trouble.
2: Right. You know what, though? If you miss the the upcoming window to get your gifts delivered in time through UPS or USPS, yeah. you might want to consider that drone. Ooh, Drone
1: delivery? Yeah, no. no. What? Do you want a drone hovering over you while you're trying to find your wallet to pay for a delivery?
2: <laughs> How do you... It lowers like the iPads so yeah. you can scan it. <laughs> what if the gift is the drone? Can it deliver itself? Yes. Wow. Great
1: video. Just check it out on YouTube. A drone delivering itself. Yeah. Um, did you hear uh, Kim Jong-un's number two man is missing? Mm. Apparently the number two most important man in his, what do we call it? Um, Dictatorship? Yeah. His his gang mm. uh, is missing. Okay. Yeah. How uh, do we know this? He's
3: just vanished. Well, according to the South, the Korean, South news? Korean news. Yeah, they have a lot of... They have a lot of news that way, which seems kind of interesting since really no news gets out of North Korea, yeah that's the important thing is okay. I mean so that's neat they're they're you know they're helping us get ahead on the news,
1: <laughs> so if you happen to see a man walking around in a really tall green
3: hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their military hats are tall. They're very tall. Tall hats. I think they're, yeah, they're taller than, they make them look taller, too. Well, I think that's what they're trying to, you could go with the elevator heels. Yeah. They go with the elevator hat. I like the hat. There you go. Plus, you can keep,
1: you know, stuff in and it. And they
3: have those bouffant sort of male hair, like like yeah. their dear leader. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it bouffant. It's kind of bouffant
2: Makes going through a doorway super annoying, though. Yeah. You got to dip your head to the left. To kind of go in at an angle. Uh, so
1: apparently Star Wars The Last Jedi opened to $220 million in North American theaters this weekend. The second best opening weekend ever. After The Force Awakens. Really? The previous episode. See, and yet half the people apparently weren't
3: moved. And they'll go to the next one in May. No problem. Of course they will.
2: Yeah. Because they want to complain. They want. See, we live in a, a time where people, they live to complain and hate. Mm, that's a great point.
1: And um, what's her name? That's Uh, great. And Ray, I can't believe Ray lost three limbs in one lightsaber fight.
3: It's okay. That was tragic. She can get around on one arm.
2: Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! If you want to see Mark Hamill drink from a baby bottle, holy cow, (laughs) go see this film. That was a really awkward moment. Hmm. It wasn't a baby bottle, I should take that back. It was
1: just a regular bottle. It but there was a baby drinking. aspect to it, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, spoiler alert. Yeah, I can't. I don't know what they're going to do with. I mean, three missing limbs. Mm. We'll I, figure it out. I felt bad
3: for. them. They just make them all robotic, like mm-hmm. you know. Don't yeah. you love That's how it works?
2: Did you so when you were standing in line? Did you have anybody that was coming out of the film say some dumb remark like, "Oh, I can't believe they killed so and so," knowing that. People are waiting in line to see the film. Yeah, no, I didn't I didn't see that. I just saw a lot of giddy people. Oh really? Half yeah. of them were giddy anyway. Right?
3: Yeah. I I liked it a lot.
1: I'm uh, gonna I, I think I I
3: might go watch it again with my kids. I was annoyed by the first about ten minutes of the experience where the people next to us were getting situated. There was like seven a family of seven. Yeah. But they came in, found their seats. And then some of them went to get popcorn, and then a few minutes later, more of them went to get popcorn, and then everyone started coming back from getting popcorn. It was just this parade of people. I'm like, shut uh, out! Yeah,
2: how are you not glued into your seat ten minutes before it starts
3: yeah. for this film? Well, and that's interesting, because we, we know you don't like people. The Avengers trailer was <laughs> playing. I needed to see it for the fifth time. Why? I just – there was elements I, I think I needed to focus there on There were more. a lot of trailers. There's a lot of movies coming out that
1: I'm excited to see or at yep. least to watch more of their trailer.
2: I needed mm. to see the Avengers trailer for the fifth time like I needed a lightsaber in the side.
1: That's a good point. It's
3: hmm.
1: a really good point. Yeah, some people, some people Terry, don't like trailers as much as you. I'm sorry for them. And their then,
3: existence must, must be very sad.
1: Well, and some people have a life. Yeah, well –
3: some people learn how to balance it both. They can enjoy <laughs> things and have a life. Still battling a cold. Unlike right? someone who's complaining about not having time to go to a store. Yeah. Why did you bring that baseball, by the way? Every day. Um, every day I like to have something to just play with. playing play baseball today. Then if you ask, then he'll start talking about the time you took batting practice with the Red Sox. Yeah, and it really some, wasn't the Red Sox. No, it was, it no, it was they they the Red Sox. It was, yeah. But he like likes to embellish the it was story. In stadium. He's out there with Big Poppy at one point. It's like, Big come Poppy, on. but it wasn't the Big Poppy. It was just some. Is yeah. it Papa John? No, it's it's some
1: janitorial service worker. <laughs> some guy out <laughs> there likes to be it. called Big Poppy. Oh. But we obliged because yeah. he got us into Fenway. Was right. it Fenway? I don't it? know. I wasn't there. Boston. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. But I'm. But here's the deal. I I I will be buying a lot of things online for Christmas. Mm. So. But I need some time to get everything together because Christmas Eve is on Sunday and we don't shop on Sunday.
2: Then Hmm. why don't you, if you're doing your shopping online, instead of taking Friday off, just do it during the show. I mean, you do stuff like that on the show all the time and nobody knows about it. What are you talking about?
3: It's like when you come back and go, that was very interesting. That's the code for maybe you were shopping. Well, yeah, but I say that all the time. That was a great point, Jeff. And, and
2: whenever you say, "Oh, come on," you you lost a bid on eBay. Yeah, I did. I lose a lot. of... Come on. You like that? Yeah. Lost
1: another bid. <sighs> Whatever. Um, what else was I going to tell you guys? I had a really, uh, I had a great weekend. But here's the deal: I've been I've been trying a new drug called melatonin.
4: Hmm. You know, hmm.
1: it's not. It's pretty natural. Sure. Occurring drug. Right. And I don't know what it is. I, it makes me real sleepy. Yeah. Well, I think that's the point, right? Yeah. Doesn't it help you sleep? I've, I, I, I really, my body needed to sleep a lot, and I think it's because I've had a cold. Well, the laying down while you're recording doesn't help. No. So I'm wondering can we set up the studio,
3: but in a better way for me? That would be more of a management decision. Yeah. This well, is a shared space. We're not the only ones who use the studio. But we're you, the only
2: ones that use it the way we use it. Well, I mean, yeah. We, we, and we use it. You've got to write it in an email. It's got to go through about 10 different people. Yeah. And uh, they're all going to be novels. What do you mean? The
3: the the responses will be very wordy.
1: What is I know mean,
2: that's good, right? Um,
3: uh, and that'll put you to sleep. It'll go upstairs. They'll say this has nothing to do with TV, and they'll say no. That's how it'll work. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> You guys.
1: <laughs> anyway, we got a great show today. Uh, Joe Cannon's going to be on. And Joe is our Washington insider. And we're going to try to ask him questions that he doesn't have to say. I don't know. Donald Trump. I mean, it's his, you know, it's Donald Trump. I don't know what Donald's thinking. We've got uh, great, uh, great things to cover. I mean, a lot going on politically, especially uh Republicans, I don't know, they may be in trouble too when it comes to next year 2018 elections. There are some pretty uh, heated races there. Joe Cannon will be with us, guiding us through the the crazy swamp that's uh, that still needs to be drained. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. It is Monday, which means it's time to talk politics. Who better to help us with that than our Washington insider, Joe Cannon. Joe is a friend of the show, also a past chairman of the Utah Republican Party, editor, uh, past editor of the Deseret Morning News as well. And uh, so he's got a little bit of uh, that, <laughs> that fake news in him. But he understands journalism. He understands uh, the political world. And so we thought a mix of that would help us understand our own President Trump. Joe, welcome to the show, my friend.
5: Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. Now,
1: uh, talk to me about, I guess, let's just get into the tax overhaul. It looks like we keep hearing that they've got enough votes to get everything passed. Um, is that what you're hearing? And how does the bill look? I mean, in the end, do we know more what the bill looks like?
5: Yeah, uh... To start with, this this is, they have the votes, no question about it. Even enough for John McCain to go home, uh, to go home because of brain cancer, but he but he signed on to the bill and I think every Republican has signed on the bill. Mm. And and in any case you've got uh the vice president either shortened or maybe cancelled his trip to Israel. Um
1: just in case, just to
5: be, just to be yeah, just in case. So that's, you know, that's the uh, bill. The, I mean, the the politics of it. It's a, a couple of interesting things about it. Uh, it has zero Democrat votes in the House or the Senate, like zero. Is that strange? And, yeah. Well, it is a little bit strange. Reagan, the Reagan tax cut, which had a did have a Republican Senate but it had a Democrat House. That got 74 votes in the Senate.
4: Hmm. Wow. Uh, I couldn't
5: find how many in the House, but it was, it was a chunk in the House to pass it. And then Bill Clinton cut taxes under, I might say, extreme pressure from New Gingrich, then Speaker of the House. But that tax cut got 12 Democrats in the Senate, 28 Democrats in the House.
1: Normally, you know, more uh, more of the the I guess the the minority party um, the, the, with minority votes would be more involved. They might be voting more as part of the tax cut. But you're saying here it's not happening. Is this just is this just how we do politics today? It's just whoever is in power kind of just forces through their approach.
5: Well, there are I think three points about that. One is yes, the answer to that question. Is the political divide is getting sharper and deeper, so that's that's clearly happening on a whole range of things. But the other thing is, is that and as a part of that, both parties are shifting further to the left and further to the right. So you've got a lot of Democrats, especially the ones who are thinking about running for president, are ever mindful of uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren pulling the party further to the left. Hmm. So that's... Uh, a third thing that could be happening is pure politics. It could be Democrats, this is the Wall Street Journal view, The Democrats may be just betting that the tax cut won't work, won't be popular, and therefore it will be a good issue for them to run on, run on in 2018.
4: Oh, interesting, so those yeah. those
5: three factors. But it is pretty unusual, I mean, you can pull, pull out numerous statements of uh, numerous Democrats who support the corporate tax cut? Uh, there, I, I wouldn't say there's unanimity on the Democrat side, but there are plenty of Democrats who think having the highest or among the highest corporate tax rates in the world is a bad idea for American jobs. So. So it's not like there. there this is a purely ideological divide, right? But it's it's definitely a purely political divide, definitely.
1: Well, and I guess too, if because uh, President Trump keeps touting that the tax cuts are really for the middle class, the middle class is going to feel the impact. I guess the most he's saying, um, but if that actually plays out, it seems like that would bode really well for 2018.
5: Yeah, like obviously the Republicans are betting on the other side of things that uh, this tax cut will work. and Even the Washington Post says virtually everybody gets a tax cut in this bill, including mm. the, the middle class. I did want to point out one thing that I just came across in thinking about this subject. Of course, the Democrats say this is just a tax cut for the rich. What they don't say is <clears throat> that the top 50 percent. Of wage earners in the country, pay ninety-seven percent of the tax. So fifty percent of the people oh, who pay taxes, yeah, fifty percent of them only pay two point eight three percent. The top one percent of earners pays thirty-nine percent of all taxes. Wow. The top five percent pay it's almost sixty per. Uh, yeah, sixty percent of all taxes. Yeah. So, you know if you're gonna have any kind of a tax cut, it's definitely gonna be disproportionately felt by quote richer people
4: right who
5: who also by the way pay virtually mm-hmm. all the tax like I say the top fifty percent of all wage earners pay ninety seven percent of all the taxes
1: that's a big deal yeah. and and I guess in the end um like i mean I, I there's calculators out there i think it was cnn or somebody put a calculator out there i put my information in and played around with the numbers a little bit and i mean it's it's a it's a big deal if you can get back a couple thousand or three thousand dollars or whatever on on your taxes i mean all of a sudden you feel ri- you feel rich again um is i mean i guess this has always been going on right where there they people would play with taxes people would pay and 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 try to do whatever they can to motivate people to to vote, but in the end too, it seems like our um our our growth our economic growth seems to be going up, so a lot of those numbers are working, which seems to bode well for the g o p
5: right and I think of this tax cut when this tax cut goes into effect, you will see greater job creation i mean there are some Democrats, Economists who don't believe that, but there are lots of, and to be fair, probably Republican economists who do believe that this will have a very stimulative effect uh, on the economy. That's just the corporate tax cut, uh, which is very substantial. It ended up being 21 percent, not 20, but it's still a heck of a cut. And virtually everybody is going to feel more dollars in their pockets next year.
4: Yeah, wow.
5: And that's yeah, so That's, it's a big deal.
4: That
1: seems good. Um, also, I mean, I guess back in D.C., another thing that kind of is, is has always divided everybody is the whole FBI Mueller investigation. Trump uh, has, I guess, now said officially he, he has no plans to fire Mueller, um, and yet uh, the Democrats keep saying he will. And the Democrats or the Republicans are now up in arms about the emails that apparently that the special counsel somehow found many tens of thousands of transition emails, and they thought that they were obtained illegally, and that's how they found other information that's part of this investigation. What's What really do we believe about the investigation up to now?
5: Wow. <laughs> I I don't know what to believe. I don't know. I don't have any inside information on the investigation per se. I think last week, though you would have never known this if you only watched CNN uh, or read the New York Times, uh, a bunch of other emails came out between uh, investigators on Mueller's staff right. at the EPA uh, You know, basically saying, we have got to take this guy down. Mm. Uh, so I... I'd think that there is there is evidence that, that it's not just that they're all Democrats on uh, Mueller's staff, but that they actively uh, sought to, to figure out a way to prevent Trump from getting elected, to make sure Hillary got elected, and then afterwards to try to take him down. Now, mm. How that will all wash out, I, I don't know. Uh, but I don't think that I think Trump is pretty serious about not firing Mueller. That would really be playing into the Democrat hands. They don't want to do that. My own view is if he has any uh, trick up his sleeve, it's just to pardon everybody who's being investigated. Right. and That that pretty much ends it. But he's never said that either, but quite a lot of Republicans are saying that.
1: You you can't pre-pardon, can you? You can't do a pardon before they've been charged, can you?
5: Yeah, I don't think so. But, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But I don't think so. I think they they need to wait and see and at least make Mueller put up, you know. Yeah. Okay, here's, here's where I'm going. Um, so. Wow. So far, the indictments don't seem to be harming Trump himself. Right. Um, so I think maybe he's thinking maybe there's nothing there. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. That would be a bad gamble, by the way. A good prosecutor can always find something. So.
1: Well, right, especially even if it's not related to collusion, right? I mean, it, they're finding right. stuff. Yeah, it just may not be connected to collusion. What do you? Um, one of the things that I know is also in the in the news as well is Roy Moore still refuses to concede. Still, I guess trying to to make something out of that election now, saying there may have been voter fraud and other irregularities. Um, it seems like the da- or the Republicans would just love to move on, but he's not taking the advice of anyone anymore.
5: Well, I think the Republicans have moved on. I think the only person for whom this election is in doubt is a guy named Roy Moore. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see his... To me, it just seems like politics of getting him ready for whatever the next thing he wants to do in Alabama is because there uh, are enough votes that there's not going to be an automatic recount. He's alleging voter fraud. I'm going to say a Republican of alleging voting voting fraud, voter fraud in a deep, deep, deep red state is a very unlikely possibility. It's very unlikely that the Republican. Mm county commissioners, uh, county secretary, you know, whoever runs the election, county by county, they're going to be almost all Republicans. Highly unlikely that they conspired to cheat to deny Roy Moore this election. Right. Right. But I would say another, another comment on that. There's a whole, a whole bunch of stories out there about how this is the beginning of a wave that the Democrats have finally lashed shot at something. If you could take some, if you could if the Democrats could take Alabama, maybe they could take any place. And I read uh, a story on what are the next Alabamas out there. Well, yeah. I guess what I would say is, is that if the Democrats are lucky in all those states to find somebody accused of child molestation to run against, yeah, maybe there will be a lot of Alabamas. But that's too sure that's a very likely uh, scenario. Right.
4: Them. Well, but I mean, I
5: don't read much more into this than. You had a very bad candidate uh, who got worse. He was a bad candidate to start with. And then things, of course, got a lot worse with the pretty reliable accusations,
4: mm-hmm. A,
5: and B, his less than sterling initial defense. I mean, later he decided, OK, I'm going to go all in total denial. But at first, it wasn't total denial. It was <laughs> very weak. And I think that hurt him more than any anything else.
1: Yeah, no, it, I think you're right, and and um, and two, the mere fact that it was a kind of the battle between Bannon and the you know the cleaning of the swamp idea, and I mean there was a lot of other hands in
5: this mix. Yeah, that was sad, too, from a Republican perspective, because highly unlikely that Luther Strange would have voted any differently than Roy Moore on ninety nine percent of the issues that get to the Senate for a vote.
1: And yet he didn't get in. Hmm. So, uh, Joe, what else should we be paying attention to? Any other stories that uh, matter to you that we should make sure we have on our radar?
5: Well, today, later this afternoon, the president is going to announce uh, the, his national security strategy, and, and it's it's a, it's very interesting. It's a, it's a big departure. It's getting a lot of negative reviews. Some little pieces of it have leaked out, but it is. You know, this is drafted by McMaster, a general, pretty smart guy, and his staff. And uh, it, it takes a different, a very different look at the world. So it's got four pillars, basically protecting Americans, uh, advancing American prosperity, kind of an unusual thing for a national security document, Yeah, peace, peace through strength, and then advancing America's interests around the world. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's really you could call it a, an America first strategy. It, it de-emphasizes things like climate change and de-emphasizes uh, uh, foreign aid. So the going forward, foreign aid, they be, the, this document says should be based on private investment in developing countries with an aim toward ending the need for development in those countries. Hmm. In other words, uh, getting them to a free market status, although the, the document also apparently makes a very big point of not imposing America's values on other countries, but just protecting American interests and advancing American prosperity. So I would look for a lot of news this afternoon on uh, the national security document. It was another thing that's happening This is a total tragedy is uh, Venezuela. The, uh, the New York Times had a, had a very big piece on Venezuela, on child starvation, mm. and, and they have pictures, they interviewed... 24 hospitals. It is just a nightmare in Venezuela. But I also found it interesting, the entire big New York Times piece doesn't mention the word socialism once.
1: Oh, really? It,
5: it, it just talks about the, quote, mismanagement, oh. of the, the government's mismanagement of the economy. So I would say an explicit, all-out socialist government probably has deeper problems than simple mismanagement. Yeah. Uh, but, that's, but anyway, it's... that's a tragedy of huge proportion going right now. Uh, the other just little note, I would say, is if you if you find yourself in Washington, you've got to go by the Museum of the Bible. It's just like two blocks away from the mall. It's a couple of blocks, three blocks away from the really? Capitol building. Yeah. It's, it's massive. I, I spent a couple of hours there. Uh, On uh, uh, Thursday, I guess, and it was uh, amazing. It was amazing. It's 430,000 square feet. It's got vast artifacts, whole a whole uh, exhibit on how the the Bible, how we got the Bible in English, the history of translations, and 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 copy not copies and Bibles from. All all time, it's it's a, in Washington DC. Amazing to say, Washington DC. Yeah, that's Got great. A lot of criticism. Yeah. A lot of people didn't like it because it was funded by the people who own Hobby Lobby. Oh yeah. Of course, if you're on the left, Hobby Lobby is a horrible, horrible decision. Right. Uh, if you're kind of in, if you're kind of in favor of religious liberty, it was a pretty good decision. But anyway, it says it was tainted. It's tainted in the minds of lots of uh observers in the media because it's it's uh because it's Hobby Lobby. It doesn't preach, by the way, it's not like a, a Christian witness. I mean you can yeah. go in there and just learn about the Bible. But I, I would say it's one of the best museums in Washington. Really wow. really interesting place. That's-
1: that that says a lot, Joe. That says an awful lot. Uh, great great uh, insights and a, a lot of information we didn't even know to be paying attention to. The Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's high on Joe's list, and boy, it sounds like a – I didn't even know it existed. 400,000 square foot museum. Wow. Ah, the things we learn. That's why we needed Joe on the show. We'll continue the journey, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show, helping you be the good in the world. Welcome back, friends. What do you do when you're uh, the Pope and it's your
3: 81st birthday? You have a pizza party. That's exactly what you That's what I would do. So he turned 81 on Sunday, had a party with a bunch of kids. He told the children who use a Vatican health service to eat all four meters or 13 feet of the <laughs> pizza they had, uh, saying we will make them grow later thousands of children in St. Peter's. Squire shouted uh, birthday wishes to Francis. He replied from his window, thanks a lot, thanks a lot. His birthday coincided with his weekly Sunday appearance to the faithful. On Sundays Mm. he goes out and walks around the the square and talks to people. Pizza for parties in Italy is often baked in long form instead of round pies. Yeah. Round Mm -hmm. pies which are meant instead for individual portions. Yeah, because you you cut them up nice into nice little just chunks right Mm. Uh, at the vatican rectangular shaped pieces of pizza were stretched end to end on a table and uh, a tall white candlestick stuck in the middle the pontiff was also treated to a pear and cinnamon cake that featured an image of him carrying the world on his shoulders oh wow that's great kind of a heavy birthday cake 81 years young yeah
1: then you know what the hard part is when you have to go through the spanking machine
3: They probably skip that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you don't that that just makes for bad video. But I mean, you know, you're looking (laughs) at like it's more of like like the only long pizza I've ever had is like a French bread pizza. Uh Yeah. Where you know, mostly it's all just round here because it's not even close to Italian pizza. And he's if I got this straight, he told the kids, Eat all of the pizza. Eat it all. It'll make you healthy, make you grow because yeah. pizza is actually healthy for
1: you. Well, it's got everything in it. It's got vegetables.
3: It's got your. It's got your cheese. It's got your protein. You got your dairy. Yeah, you got your protein. Your grains.
1: Mm-hmm. Got your pepperoni protein. There's nothing wrong with got a good your pizza. Sausage protein. Right. Got your ham protein. If we're going with the all
3: meat. Oh yeah, meat lover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the ve- all veggie? Does that lose some of the health benefit? Yeah. Okay. That
2: is the fake news of pizza.
3: The veggie pizza? It's fake pizza. It's like kissing your sister. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have taken it that far, but But, but you open a pizza box and if thing. it's a veggie pizza you are disappointed. Yeah. Really? I mean I mean, does it have cheese on it still? Probably, yeah. Yeah, then I'll, you know, I'll be fine with it. I mean I'll eat it. Unless it's a vegan pizza. Ugh. Then I'm not sure what you Well then it's make. just tomato paste on bread, isn't it? Depends. Where, where's the origins of those materials? I don't even
2: think you're allowed to mash it and paste it. I think you just have to put the tomato on the bread. Mm. Man, mash it and paste it. And that you can't, was a great... can not the beetles? You can't even cut it. You just have to put the entire tomato on the, the crust.
3: Yeah. It's all good. So yeah, Pontiff, he's 81. He ate pizza for his birthday.
1: Atta boy. Happy birthday to the Pope from the Matt Townsend Show. We love him. He's uh, He's from Buenos Aires. One of my hometowns when I served abroad on my LDS mission trip. Loved him. Uh, Good stuff, folks. We'll continue the journey doing what we can to help you have a healthy, happy birthday.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
6: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter. At Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.
1: Good morning, friends. Top of the morning to you. Top of the week. Dr. Matt here, along with Terry and Jeff, the gang. We're gathered. in your behalf. You'll be swell. <laughs> Hey, happy Monday to you! Another wonderful week as we gear up for the big holiday. Christmas would be Christmas Eve would be next Sunday. Mm. You getting excited? Getting excited? Yes, uh, I for one have my shopping already done. Yeah, I for one don't. But today we are going. It's today is Cyber Monday in the is Townsend it? home. Oh, my wife and I we will gather. And take our laptop into our bedroom, and then purchase everything we need for Christmas. Why today? Why not today?
2: Because you're running out of time to get that
3: exactly. free two-day shipping. Mm-hmm. Okay. See? That's what's happening. We have done it last week.
2: Hey, by the way... Nope.
1: Last, uh, last week, we were really busy. Right. If you
2: ever... If you see anything where the price looks way too good to be true... Yes. It is. Oh, okay. Last year... I purchased a griddle. Come again? Not a girdle, but a griddle. A griddle? Yes. And uh, the price was too good to be true. And sure enough, it was – I waited two weeks, three weeks. Nothing ever showed up. I looked at reviews of this seller's account, and sure enough, people said the same thing. Never showed up. And so the guy took all the money, jumped ship, canceled his account – Oh, wow. But Am- that, or, that's uh, the old griddle and switch. Flamazon is so good with customer service that they refunded the money.
1: I love Flamazon. Yeah. Except maybe we ought not use the word flame and Amazon together. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it really is amazing how much you can depend on one company. All of a sudden, you know, if if a few companies like we saw with the airport in Atlanta, hmm. one hub goes down – an entire country's entire flight system could get in trouble. Same thing could happen if Amazon went down or Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You with me? You guys with me on this? Or Costco? You okay. said the name. Anyway, uh, anyway, that's just where I love to be is shopping at all of these stores. I love shopping on Amazon because I, don't, I can just do it while watching a game. Talk mm. about football last night.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: The referees seemed to play a bigger part yesterday than most of the athletes. There were a couple games where they had some key moments. And they even pulled out the card. They had a... Like, what is this, soccer?
3: Was it an index card and a 3 by 5 card that they tried to measure if it was a first down or not? That was weird. Why can't you just... It's that close, it's a first down. Even the head umpire guy, once
1: he did it and he measured it and he was walking off camera, you could see him pretty much rolling his eyes like, this is how this has gone. (laughs) He's going to have some splaining to do. Uh, Anyway, got a great day, a great show for you. Today we'll be revisiting an interview about how to level up your life, like in a video game. Yes, a video game approach to your life. There's a lot of psychology behind video games in how to kind of keep you entertained and excited and wanting to keep improving. Later today, what I we will rob a bank. What? Co- what? Ho- come just, again? Just like in a
3: video game. Oh, you,
1: oh. Oh, you, uh, you play that one game where you just rob like... banks and hit people, oh, you... drive over them with your car. Okay. Sometimes.
2: Speaking of video games, mm-hmm. yes. you and I, during the break, were talking about Jumanji coming out yes. this weekend. Yes. And that is the video game version of the board game, uh, which was based on a book. Yeah,
1: which was based on a fake game. Yeah.
2: And also this weekend, we watched Edge of Tomorrow, or if you will, Live, Die, Repeat. Which would have been a better name.
1: Hold on. Edge of Tomorrow. What is that? That's the
2: one with Tom Cruise, where he uh, ends up on the front lines of this battle and he gets this alien blood all over his body, which then gives him the ability to, once he dies, yeah. start the day over again, like in Groundhog. Day. No, so it's it's nightmare. It's, it's the most unique experience I've, one of the most unique experiences I've had at the theater because you feel like you're watching a video game because each time he gets a little bit closer, then he dies and yeah. has to start over again.
1: Is there that guy, that that Ned guy, that keeps trying to needle shake nose his... Ned, Ned yeah.
2: the head? Come on. Come on! Case Western High!
1: Wow. No.
4: I did the
2: whistling belly button trick. Yeah. I even dated your sister a few times until you told me not to. Then he punches him. Like, I feel like doing right now!
1: <laughs> um Good yeah, job. Groundhog Day. Uh, a, lot of us, a lot of people feel like they're living Groundhog Day. And then Monday tends to be the Groundhog Day day. Wow. It's when we feel like, ah. Do you say that because... Gotta do this again.
2: Terry... Pokes his head out of his hole and sees his
3: shadow, yeah, yeah, let it run and hide where Whack welcome Matt
2: Matt has a great new term of, of endearment for you, by the way, what's what? that he wants to call you start calling you a tear bear,
3: you're a no. tear bear, I really wouldn't appreciate Hi, my that at all, Terry, <laughs> the tear bear. No.
1: No. (laughs) Just playing with you, Terry. Bad idea. Let's get to the headlines with Terry South. Terry, what else should we be paying attention
3: to? Republican leaders said Sunday they expect the House and Senate to pass their joint tax overhaul this week in time for President Trump to sign up before Christmas, as promised. As promised. Senator John Cornyn of Texas, the GOP whip, said on ABC this week that he was confident the Senate would pass the bill as early as Tuesday, He said the legislation would get the economy roaring back again and give everybody in every tax bracket a tax cut. Eh, not sure if that's true, but he said it. So this is good news. Anyway, you cut it, he said. The vote promises to be tight, however. Republicans have a narrow 52 to 48 majority in the Senate. Senator John McCain plans to return to Arizona for the holidays after being hospitalized last week for what his office described as a normal side effect to his ongoing cancer therapy, meaning he will likely miss the vote. So is that 52 margin with or without him? I imagine they put the number... Is that probably without him? Probably without him. So they'll need Pence just in case. He's on standby.
1: So Pence can't go to Israel. By the way, I've been to to Israel. I've been in Jerusalem on Christmas Eve. Shepherds fields near Bethlehem. Snow was falling. Most incredible experience ever. So he's going to miss that. Maybe. Unless they can get this thing wrapped up. Yeah, you can jump a jet. By the there. way, do you think President Trump's going to have a mission accomplished sign? Taxes. Mission accomplished. Check.
2: No, I think you'll have a sign that says, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. We'll see. Point.
3: President Trump on Sunday said he had no plans to fire special counsel Robert Mueller, despite reports of friction between Mueller's ongoing Russia probe and Trump's allies. No, I'm not, Trump said outside the White House. When asked if he was considering firing Mueller, he went on to say his people are very upset about Mueller's decision to obtain thousands of emails from his transition team. I can't imagine there's anything in the emails, frankly, because, as we said, there's no collusion, no collusion whatsoever, he told reporters. But a lot of lawyers thought I was pretty, uh, thought that was pretty sad. A lawyer for Trump's transition team has lashed out at Mueller early in the day, earlier in the day for his unauthorized move to obtain the emails, which were accessed through the General Services Administration rather than through the transition team directly. The yeah. spokesperson for Mueller has maintained that the emails were obtained in an appropriate manner, which means they got a warrant, which means probable cause. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, well. Those are two different opinions on that same issue. But again, he's got the power...
1: He doesn't have to worry about it. Unless it actually touches him. Right. He can just sit back and then pardon every single person that oh, gets hit.
3: But apparently he gets kind of nervous
1: when it gets closer. He's like, oh. Wait, hold on. Well, I mean Trump Junior, little Don. Yeah. Little Don could mm. take a hit. Ivanka's man could yeah. take a hit. He'll just pardon everybody.
3: Yeah. It's going to be the it's going to be the gift that keeps on giving the pardons Mm -hmm. they just keep coming carolina panthers owner nfl owner jerry richardson will be selling the team after allegations of workplace misconduct forced the team to start an internal investigation on friday so just in time for christmas you can drop a billion dollars on an nfl team man do you guys want to get in on it? No, it's all right. Richardson announced his intention to sell the team in a letter on Sunday night after the Panthers' win over the Green Bay Packers. Specific allegations against Richardson surfaced in a report from Sports Illustrated on Sunday afternoon, just as early NFL games were kicking off. Among the allegations in the report are sexually inappropriate comments directed at female employees. There was also an alleged uh, allegedly a racial slur directed at a former team scout. Oh, boy. The team will not be sold until after the completion of the 2017 season, according to Rich Richardson's letter I believe the team's in the playoffs so they'll wait till after the playoffs but
1: now when you sell a team that doesn't mean you're moving the team
3: no 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 just ownership is going to switch and P. Daddy Combs oh yeah is expressed interest on Twitter (coughs) that he would like to purchase the Carolina Panthers hmm wow he'd have to get a Pretty yeah. large group of people well, together. Like Magic this, Johnson's made a killing doing this. Well, yeah. isn't his name like P Love or Love now? No, no, no. He, that was a joke. He didn't change his name. Plush Daddy Dog did the dung. There you go, <laughs> that guy. So we'll see where that all goes. But again, and now it's spreading into sports a little bit. Yeah. Well, har- harassment allegations. What does that mean? Now you have an NFL owner deciding to sell a team, and it seems like overnight almost. So maybe there's more to it than we know, yeah. or because you don't I, want your stock to drop. No. So we'll see what happens. Finally, if it seems like just last year that a sailor beat the record for sailing around the world, um, that's because he did. Uh, The new (laughs) record holder, Frenchman Francois Gabart I'm saying that wrong, completed the uh, feat on Sunday with a time of 42 days, 16 hours... 40 minutes and 35 seconds, according to the BBC. Really? If that doesn't exactly seem fast, consider that he beat the previous record set just last year by a fellow Frenchman, Thomas Corville, by more than six days. Gobart, <laughs> 34 years old, hit the finish line off France's western coast before dawn Sunday, where he was greeted by dozens of boats and supporters. Dozens. Mm. Dozens of boats. Not thousands, but dozens.
1: I mean, do- I mean, it's yeah.
3: People are like, Baker's
1: dozen or just a regular dozen?
2: What do you think French applause sounds like as they greeted him? What do you think that sounds like?
3: (laughs) Really? Like that. Wow. That's accurate. Yeah. No, I've I've been to France. It's like I was in France right now.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's it. Just like you're standing there right this very minute. Hey, did you hear about Steve Kerr? I can't remember if we've talked about this. uh, What did he do? He did a – apparently he was taking a bath – Okay. But he did an entire radio interview in the bathtub.
3: Well, yeah. And he, he has a, if you watch some of his press conferences, he has this ongoing joke where he comes in doing something else. Like he came in like clipping his fingernails. Oh, he did. He was reading a book once and taking questions while he was reading the book. He was
1: speaking with Damon Bruce of 95.7 FM and uh, for the coach's weekly segment. Ah. And you could hear a splish and a splash yeah. in the tub. Life in the tub, and uh, and like this. Damon Bruce is like, uh, Coach, Coach, are you, are you taking tub? a bath? Can you hear a little water in the background? Kerr responded while laughing. Uh, I'm going to refrain from commenting. He never answered. Yeah, if he was in the bathtub, who's
3: taking a bath? Apparently, he's, he's here ba- he's in a waterfall. He's had back problems. Yeah, so this might be part of his uh, ongoing. Therapy for that to... uh But I don't know that
1: you should back. have... I mean, wouldn't you need the phone receiver? I guess if it's a cell phone, you can drop that in the tub and not die, but... Maybe he's got headphones on. I know, but they are they charged? Are they plugged? Could uh, you not I get shocked?
3: Know. I don't know. I mean, you could use your Bluetooth headphones and do that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Why not? Well, because I don't want to ruin them. I go through headphones like crazy. Well, I mean... Money's not an issue for him, so he just buys a new set. Here's some audio uh, from Steve Kerr in the tub. Live from the interview?
6: Wow. He sounds
1: a lot like uh, someone, I don't remember, I can't put a finger on it.
2: Michael Dunn?
1: Yeah, Michael Dunn, our leader in broadcasting he did here at BYU. Do,
2: he did do his Kermit the Frog impersonation, Terry, which we almost filmed and sent to you because... Yeah. You weren't able to, to attend. It was yeah.
3: awesome. It's but not like I missed a show.
1: It was really good, actually. It was, I mean, we had one of our... This was at our company party. Hmm. Uh, Todd Wickenstaff did a, uh, the Shania Twain song, um, I Feel Like a Woman. Okay. Is that the song?
2: He went 110% with that performance. Stacey Harkey from Studio C. Did, did a r- highly edited version of Baby Got Back. Yeah. Okay. It's it's called called Baby, Baby got Chin. Yeah. Okay. And he did it right in front of Michael Den. It was awesome. And I looked over, and Michael Den looked like he was, was good. very was... concerned about where the performance was going. It was really good.
1: Uh, anyway, it was fun. It, company party. See, this is the season. Tis the season to just totally jump into your company party. Uh, Sports Nation guys, we're going to have to talk to him about them. They had an incredible... Uh, 12 Days of Christmas song that was like, I cried. You should have him sing it. We probably should. During the crosstalk today. It was wonderful. I mean, really, they've got some, I mean, it was perfect harmony. Hmm.
2: Uh, And uh, Spencer was sick too, and and he still belted it out.
1: I think it actually helped him. Cleared (laughs) his sinuses a little bit? Nice. Apparently, everybody's catching it. There's something on the microphone covers here. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know where it came from. Uh, Let's get to the – so have we done the headlines? That seemed to go really fast.
3: I could put more into it if you'd like me to. We've
1: got the empty news uh, right now with our empty news uh, host, Jeffrey Liam Simpson
2: so this is a very festive theme yes and uh the reason being is because a couple of our stories are christmas themed love it yes so uh we we've been talking about how we've talked on the show before how theft is kind of a problem during the holidays it's a big problem yeah people getting packages stolen right off their front porch it's it's a violating feeling it's horrible well uh there is an unusually large, furry animal that is the culprit. Oh, really? It's not who you think it is. What? So there's an obese squirrel who is caught on video stealing <laughs> gourmet chocolate and lip balm that a family leaves outside as a holiday treat for delivery people. Oh, boy. Michael Boudreau of Maplewood, New Jersey, said on her blog... Uh, Michelle Boudreaux, excuse me, Uh, she provides candy, snacks, tissues, hand warmers, and other goodies on her doorstep every year. She's never had any issues before, but this year, her basket was raided within hours of being set outside her home. The thief seemed to be targeting the priciest stuff, including about 25 squares of Ghirardelli chocolate. And the family set up a surveillance camera to see what was going on and spotted the overweight varmint standing on a step stool, digging through the stash. See, they're fat-shaming. They're fat-shaming this little squirrel. Well, you
1: got to shame the crooks, right? You got to. but I'm pretty sure that that little squirrel maybe has a genetic issue. Maybe it's... Big-boned. Well, maybe it's just really trying to store
2: food in its belly for the winter. So uh, her husband tried to chase the squirrel to see where it was hoarding all the treats, but it made a clean getaway. Of course. They always do. And here's an important question for you. Yes. Do you think that there's some sort of a grace period or is there any leeway for committing a crime during the holidays? No. Really? Well, no. Really? Well, so like, oh, hey, sorry. So the murder was, you know,
1: it was I was doing my shopping. I just had to get some things done before I go to the jail. No.
2: Okay. You can't. Well, because this guy certainly seems to think that maybe you have carte blanche or you can get away with some things during the holidays. So uh, this man was arrested quickly by a detective after a foot pursuit in connection with a bank robbery in Greenfield. He's facing federal charges. Listen to this. So this guy's name is uh, Curtis Trotter. He had a firearm, went into a bank November 28th when he was greeted by the teller. Trotter said, I'm robbing you. Give me the money now. Uh, He showed them his semi-automatic handgun. He got $3,000 from the bank teller, wanted more from the others. And uh, the complaint says the suspect looked at the detective that was in an unmarked squad and took off on foot. A foot chase ensued, and the detective eventually captured the suspect, placing him in handcuffs. No oh boy uh the money was recovered after the foot chase so mm-hmm. good good uh, ending there during an interview. Prosecutors say Trotter admitted to robbing the bank while armed when asked why he ran after the detective or when asked why he ran after after the detective identified himself. The complaint says Trotter asked why the detective needed to chase him. (laughs) Trotter was asked if he believed he could just take money from the bank and law enforcement would let him get away. And he said, maybe till after Christmas or something. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I think some people are out there thinking that it is the season for giving. You should be giving this to me. I shouldn't have to take it from you. Right. Right. Yeah, that's not going to work. So you're more sympathetic with uh, to the, the to the squirrel than you are to the to this guy that thought well, maybe there was a grace
1: period. I just but notice we didn't call this guy obese fat squirrel man. True. We did say that, that to That is squirrel. a great point. We just so we don't need to fat shame a squirrel just because it chooses to steal the most expensive goods that are left out. Squirrels are squirrels too. Fat or skinny, tall or short, we love them equally. Maybe the paunch is more about saving a little for the cold days in winter. (laughs) Whatever it is, folks, we've got to learn to treat everybody and every varmint equally. (laughs) And not pinpoint just the physical differences, maybe the gender or the ethnic or the species. Don't point it out. Instead, love all things equally. Squeeze a squirrel today. Brought to you by the Matt Townsend Show. <sighs> That's what we do here, folks. We're trying to change the world one squirrel at a time.
2: wish you had
1: nerves of steel or how the, you know, the observation skills of like a Sherlock Holmes. Wouldn't that be great to have? Or perhaps the adventurous spirit of Frodo Baggins. We all have heroes in literature, movies, and video games. There are characters who have attributes and skills that we wish we had. A few months ago, I spoke with Steve Cam, who is the author of the book Level Up Your Life, a book that talks about how to become your own superhero. I began the interview by asking Steve to explain the concept of leveling up.
7: As a kid, I was raised by two loving parents. And uh, Nintendo Entertainment System. <laughs> I, was, uh, I, I was born right around that time when the original Nintendo came out. And ever since then, I've just been captivated by this idea of watching a character from a far off land uh, kind of grow up and, and go through uh, this kind of transformative journey. And become this amazing, amazing character that, that does uh, life-changing things, saves the world, saves the princess save the prince, save themselves, whatever. (laughs) And, uh, it's, it's been something that I've just, I've, I've truly fallen in love with. And in addition to that, uh, you know, I found myself more and more often escaping into games and books and movies, you know, like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, Hunger Games, and imagining myself as that character. And a, a few years ago, I realized I was spending more and more time kind of drifting through life and, and, And spending more more of my free time waiting to just get back into those imaginary worlds and eventually came to the realization that life is happening outside of a screen and outside of a book Mm. and in order for me to to do the things that i've always said i wanted to do but hadn't accomplished i had to start thinking like those characters and I, I kind of transformed my life into a video game and drew inspiration and, and education, really, from those same characters and have since gone on to travel the world, learn to play musical instruments, uh, get stronger and healthier than I've ever been. And it's been a really fun journey along the way.
1: And you did it. I mean, this is, I think, awesome because how many kids do I know that love video games And, you know, they 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 have to kind of level up. Like in your article, you talk about the fact that you might start out with a cloth tunic and a rusted dagger and eventually (laughs) you're going to make your way to, you know, having some other powerful source or forces and other skills and tools and be more advanced. Most of the kids I know would love to just start at level 50. And that's kind of what they all want to be. But in reality, like you're saying, you just got to start at level one and just keep leveling up.
7: Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting, actually. There's this great concept out there from, uh, in behavioral psychology called the progress principle, and it's the idea that we as humans love to make progress. If you've ever played a game like Candy Crush or yeah. Mario or World of Warcraft, and you just say, oh, one more level, oh, I'll kill one more bad guy, oh, I'll solve one more puzzle, it's because our brains are wired to love this idea of Showing ourselves incremental progress, uh, same thing like if you 've ever put together uh, you know, a tabletop puzzle anytime you get those puzzle pieces connected, like your brain releases a chemical called dopamine that makes you feel happy, and you chase it, which is why video games have become so addicting for so many so I thought why don't we, why don 't we turn our life into the game and create a level a system of levels and missions and quests for us to complete. And as we complete those things, we can actually cross those goals off, earn experience points, and level up and get that same addictive hmm. kind of happiness release in our brain, but have it be as a result of not us sitting on a couch, but rather us out in the world exploring or us trying something new, uh, doing something that scares us, uh, getting healthier, visiting a new location, trying to cook a new meal or something along those lines.
1: That's great. And really, it, it, it then it becomes the game of life, right? The game of your life. <laughs>
7: exactly. How great. Yes, exactly. I've, I've I've been living this game for uh, a few years now, and I can tell you it's a lot more exciting than any video game I've ever played.
1: Yeah, and yeah, and in the end, you know, if you do it right, you might have some money to go buy more games. <laughs> right. Exactly.
7: <laughs> so, I, I had to swear off video games for a few years. to get you? things organized, and now I have a good balance of I play games occasionally, but I'm still you know I'm learning to play the violin at the moment. I'm trying to figure out where to travel to next, and setting some great goals in the gym and and things along those lines. But it, it really required me to. Take an active approach of how am I living my life and how can I take those same things I used to love on a screen and kind of like retroactively build my life around them and mm. uh, make them things that I can do day to day
1: well, so talk to the parents out there I mean I imagine a parent that's whose their kids love video games and to try to convince the kid that the real world life could be just as exciting as the on-screen life. What would you say to that parent to teach their kids that principle?
7: Sure. Well, I think first and foremost, understanding that video games inherently are not, are not bad. No, I I personally, I love them. I think I've I've learned a lot about grit and determination and and perseverance and, and teamwork and things like that. So I think there's plenty of aspects of video games that are phenomenal, and if if, if your child loves to play them uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily you know remove them from the house or say you know, you're not allowed to play them. However, I think it's important to talk to your kid and say, "What is it about this game that you love?" And, and sit down and say, like, hey, is there any way we can uh, we can try to do this in real life? Uh, just to share an example, you know, in this book, Level Up Your Life, I wanted to prove to other people that it's not just something for a guy like me, but for anybody. You know, I share stories of single parents and, and uh, retired couples and things like that who have gamified their lives. There's one gentleman I share, his name is Thomas. He is a construction foreman, but he fell in love with this Uh, Japanese comic about a a single dad and his son. And Thomas is a single dad and he ended up creating a series of quests and missions for him and his son to complete uh, in martial arts. So when they get together on weekends to spend their quality time together, they've gamified that in a fun way. So they're not only spending time together, but they're taking concept from a game or a comic that they've loved and also getting physical activity Hmm. and proving to themselves the progress principle that they they can make progress in martial arts and have a lot of fun together doing it, too.
1: That's great. And, I mean, I've seen just with raising my own kids that turning it into a game makes it so it doesn't seem so formal. Right. It's like, it's not this, <laughs> right, sure. it's not as real. And it's, it's almost like they, like my kids don't even know we're talking if we're playing a game while we're doing it, but that's I can get a yeah. lot of information out of them.
7: Oh, I love it. And I think, I think when you can disguise, I, I not, 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 I mean, disguise, but rather, you know, when exercise becomes something that's enjoyable purely for the fun of it, mm. you know, be it uh, a martial art or, or learning to dance, gymnastics, um, uh, whatever it parkour, whatever it may be, something fun that, that gets the kid excited and engaged and it doesn't feel like exercise to them, I think they can get hooked on that. And if you can then combine that with some sort of fun leveling system, and it can be very basic. You know, I, I, what I said was every time I completed five quests, that was enough for me to level up and move on to my next uh, my next challenge or level my character up. Me being the character in this game.
1: Yeah, and then we're I guess talk, talk about how you made your own transition. So you were sitting there thinking, I am I'm, I'm doing, I'm spending too much time on video games. And is that how is that how it started? Is you just became aware that you're you're not going <laughs> yeah, anywhere?
7: Believe it or believe it or not. So there's this great concept in in uh, called the hero's journey, it's the idea that every great story in history follows a very similar story arc. There's a character that, you know, receives some sort of call to action and it's either thrust upon them or they make a decision. And then they go on this extraordinary journey where they encounter challenges and uh, recruit allies, defeat bad guys, and return home a changed person. For me, my call to action was, was actually that my homemade computer, you know, that I had built uh, blew up on me, oh and I couldn't afford to fix it, and I didn't have enough money to, to fix it to get back to playing more video games, and that was kind of like my call to action on my journey, hmm. to say, like, all right, man, this is that moment for you. You can't play these games anymore. You have to, let's, let's figure out what's going on here and kind of, like, analyze my life. So I thought to all those games and all those movies, and, you know, just uh, for an example, I grew up loving James Bond. So I was Mm. like, what would it be like to live a weekend like James Bond? And I was like, well, I'm clearly not going to become an international spy. But I bet there's a fun way that I could live like James Bond for a weekend. So I got very specific with it, and it it ended up with me in a tuxedo in the Monte Carlo Casino Mm. in the Principality of Monaco for a weekend. And I did it all very cheap, very bare bones, but on the outside it looked like I was – actually looked and I felt like I was James Bond. So you know, I had a lot of fun kind of reverse engineering – my characters and movies and heroes, and seeing if I could come up with a real-world equivalent of those things, and then just put systems in place uh, in place that I talk about throughout the book. <laughs> uh, put systems in place to actually get me to start crossing those things off.
1: That's great. Is that
7: and that's what you call gamifying?
1: <laughs> you you <laughs> yes, turned exactly. your life into the game.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the the issue many people have is that everybody says, "Oh, I wish I could travel more," or "Oh, I'd love to mm-hmm. learn how to do." so-and-so, but they never get specific with it, and they don't have the right systems or support you know, support group in place to make those things happen. So I got very specific with my goals. I kind of manufactured my, my life around those things so that every day I was working towards uh, whether it was saving money for my next trip or spending just five minutes working on a language or learning an instrument, but I got very specific and put a system in place so that those things became a daily habit for me to improve, and I got addicted to improving myself. And, uh, you know, it went from this vague, nebulous idea of like, oh, I want to travel to, no, I'm going to live like James Bond uh, in Monaco. I'm going to find Nemo on the Great Barrier Reef. (laughs) I'm going to learn to play the violin and travel to Ireland. I'm going to uh, volunteer once a week for a year to, you know, to, to give back, whatever it may be. You know, I think everybody lives life differently. And there's no reason why you can't create a game that lines up with what you're interested in, be it fitness or you know, dance, cooking, volunteering, travel, whatever it may be. Uh, it, it just comes down to getting specific with it and putting the right pieces in the in the right place.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And, and then I guess then you eventually then put it into the book um, that we're talking about, which is basically, uh, it's called Le- Level Up Your Life, How to Unlock Adventure and Happiness by Becoming the Hero of Your Own Story.
7: Yes. Yeah. So I, throughout the book, it's it's, I share my story. I share some examples and very specific instructions on how to start kind of converting your life into a game or a movie. And then, like I said earlier, I share a ton of stories throughout the book from people of all walks of life and all economic backgrounds, uh, You know, whether it's college kids or uh, recently unemployed, recently divorced, uh, older people with children, whatever it may be. I share stories from each of those different examples to show you, like, hey, I don't care how old you are. Or where you come from, I'm just more interested in helping you get to where you want to go and helping you get there and in the most fun enjoyable uh challenging you know exciting way as possible
1: that's great. I think it's a really empowering idea I mean a, a lot of people are moved by media right by their video games or by their um by by the movies they see, and you made a great point where we sometimes disconnect from kind of that world and our real world. We don't see how we could ever go create a life like that, and yet you're saying you can, you just need to become intentional about it.
7: I think intention is is one of the most important things. So, you know, recently it's been kind of, Superhero movies are, are in thanks to Marvel and, and this upcoming weekend with Batman and for Superman coming out. You know, I think so many people are probably going to wander out of a theater and say man wouldn 't it be cool to be batman or oh wouldn 't it be awesome to be superman and, and more often than not people have that, that conversation with their friends like oh i 'd love to fly or i 'd love to do this or that or they watch James Bond or they play a game and I, I was that guy I was, I was a daydreamer. you know I, I went to work at a job i didn 't love and, and came home and sat on my couch. And, and escaped more often than not into another game, another movie, and, and daydreamed about what those things were like. And eventually, I got to the point where I realized that life had to be lived, and I had to do it with intention. And the only intention or like the only path that I knew, were the things that that helped raise me. Those heroes: Super Mario, Leg- uh, Link from the Legend of Zelda, Captain America, Superman. Those are the characters that that taught me the lessons I needed to learn about growing up. So I, I. I did, not knowing any better, I was like, let's just, let's, let's try to take those things and, and turn them into, turn myself into a character like those guys and, and see what happened. And it's turned into this kind of whirlwind, crazy journey of uh, globe-trotting adventures and, and challenging myself with things that, that, that scare the heck out of me. And uh, it, I've met a lot of really great people along the way as well. It's been so much mm-hmm. fun.
1: Well, you also are big in the idea of the rewrite. And Um, and so maybe explain that to us, because it seems like everybody at some point in their life is going to need a new, uh, going to need a rewrite. Like, this isn't (laughs) where I wanted to be, but you can turn it in, apparently, to something else.
7: Sure. I I worry that too many people end up too far down a path that they think they can't get out of, and they just like, well, it's you know, I'm, I'm in this career, and I've been here for 20 years, and, or you know, my dad died young of a heart attack, and I'm overweight, so I'm just going to continue this cycle. Uh, I've, I run a community of people that have bucked the trend, that have uh, you know, chosen to change their fate, so to speak, and decided that the path that they're on doesn't mean it needs to be the path that they stay on. And if they decide at some age, regardless of how old they are, or if a relationship falls apart, they lose their job. Uh, these things are not, you know, it's not game over. It's just an opportunity to, uh, it's a plot twist, really. You know, and every think about any great story. Some, some guy or woman is out there trying to find a treasure, and then they meet somebody, and that person gets captured, and all of a sudden the story changes. Now it's about, re, you know, capturing or rescuing, uh, rescuing this person. Life can take plot twists. As well, I think you just have to be open to them. So, uh, I think it's important for people to realize that no matter how old you are or how far down a path you might be, you always have a choice, and there's always an opportunity to change. It might mean you taking late night coding classes to learn a uh, learn how to code a language so you can change careers, or it might mean you might need to downsize your house so that you can. Uh, take a job in a path that you're absolutely that you're actually enjoying instead of one that you're merely existing in. So I, I think people need to realize no matter how far down a certain path they are, you can always you can always divert, you can always throw a plot twist in there, and and try other things. So it's it's never too late.
1: And you're the author of your fate, right? You're the you're the captain. Yes, you're the, you're the one your, that's yeah, uh, you're, master your fate. Yeah, my soul, correct. I mean, this, to me, that's. Boy, that's empowering to know that whatever's thrown your way, you, you'll, you'll rewrite it. I guess, is that what you mean by the rebellion and the rebels? <laughs> yeah, Talk <so>. about that. Because <laughs> that's a sure, big part so. of uh, almost any really good story is a rebellion or a rebel.
7: Yeah. So when I started Nerd Fitness years ago, I, I was curious or I wasn't sure what to call our community. You know, it's like I run a website called Nerd Fitness, and I can't just call ourselves – we're not a community. That doesn't sound nerdy enough to me. So as a, as a big fan of Star Wars, I asked the community. I asked my the members in there, and I said, hey, do you guys want to be part of starting an empire or – I'm sorry, uh, building an empire or starting a rebellion? And overwhelmingly the response came in that people wanted to start a rebellion. And I just thought that was so neat and so, so – uh, appropriate. I don't know. We, I think whether it's nerdy stereotypes or a life that we're not excited about or things that people tell us we should do, uh, there's always an opportunity, I think, to, to kind of go against the trend. And more often than not, it's those that, that swim against the current, those that zig when others zag. Uh, those are the people that, that end up finding happiness, growth, and, and change. And, uh, but it requires, it requires a decision. Hmm. So for nerd fitness, it's, it's us rebelling against Uh, kind of a life of mediocrity, a life of following in the footsteps of, or following a path that we're not thrilled with, or a path that we think is inevitable. And it's rebelling against that fate, that and, and rewriting it ourselves and uh it's it's kind of cool the, the rebellion really started as me just writing a, some blog posts a few times a week and it's since evolved into this worldwide community of of people from all walks of life that are helping and supporting each other get healthier live happier and uh do more exciting things
1: that's great so people can then go to your website and join the rebellion
7: yeah you can join the rebellion it's at nerdfitness.com there's some free ebooks you can download i send out two free articles per week uh, if you go to levelupyourlife.com, you can read the first chapter of the book, which tells my entire James Bond story. You can create a character there completely free. And uh, if you so choose, uh, check the book out. It's available in bookstores and on uh, Amazon and you know Barnes & Noble and websites.
1: Man, great stuff. Uh, Steve, appreciate uh, your time with us today and also just your creativity in, in taking something that might bore some people to death, uh, like life change, and turning it into a seriously powerful adventure.
7: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity.
1: You bet. Steve Cam's his name. Again, go to levelupyourlife.com or nerdfitness.com. Uh, great stuff. Great tools to help all of us uh, create a, and live a healthier, happier life. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Again, doing what we can to help you live longer, love stronger, and lead a healthier, happier life. We'll be right back. Yes, it's that time, folks, to uh, continue to uh, cover the empty news around the country. Who better to help us with emptiness and T-ness
2: than Jeffrey Liam Simpson? Jeffrey! Yes! Um, So we talked about a squirrel that was stealing packages that were meant for delivery people. Right. Come on. Rude. There's another squirrel who is a, a vandal. So we have, what? A, we have a thief and a vandal. So the borough of Seagirt, New Jersey, holds a wildly popular tree lighting ceremony every year, an event threatened earlier this week when officials found wires to Christmas display lights severed by what they believed to be vandals. Really? Crews raced to repair and replace the damaged wires so Friday's Christmas tree lighting could go on as scheduled. Meanwhile, police planned to keep a close eye on the display in an effort to catch those responsible. Because you don't,
1: th- this could turn into an Atlanta airport kind exactly. of fiasco.
2: But after the tree lighting ceremony, police said they caught the perpetrator in the act. They released a photo of the suspected vandal. Yes. It walks on four legs. ISIS. And has a penchant for eating acorns and ticking off dogs. What? Indeed, it's a squirrel. Police believe have been cutting the wires, a far cry from the youthful miscreants the town had suspected. Cops are pointing fingers at a squirrel after wires to multiple Christmas displays were severed. Police say they were unable to catch the tree-dwelling rodent. (laughs) <laughs> and that the Christmas uh, display will now be under constant surveillance to make of sure the course. critter doesn't strike again. Of
1: course. See? It's, it's always the critters.
2: Yeah, it's not the terrorists we no. should be keeping an eye on. It's
1: the squirrels. And everybody badmouths the terrorists, but the squirrels just
2: look so darn cute and cuddly. Here's somebody else you could probably badmouth. What? This Who? is actually somebody that should know better. <laughs> We're not talking about crooks who thought maybe there was a grace period for stealing during the holidays. Right. We're not talking about hungry or, you know, ravaging squirrels. No. We're talking about a mayor of Florida. Okay. And uh, it appears it looked like there was a dead woman Ooh. that was parking in a handicap stall. But it turns out it was a mayor In Florida, Mayor Darlene Bradley would leave her car in a handicapped parking spot outside City Hall so regularly that Davenport, Florida, city manager Kelly Callahan didn't think much of it. She had a placard, so I never questioned, Callahan told the Washington Post, though in retrospect, he said he never noticed anything physically wrong with the mayor. Hmm. Okay, Uh, there was some uh, surveillance video that showed her getting in and out of the video or getting in out in and out of the vehicle without any assistance so or without she didn't any difficulty seem
1: to need the placard
2: right, so um basically the the placard was assigned to a dead woman, but it had expired in two thousand thirteen while the mayors read two thousand eighteen leading the sheriff's office to suspect Bradley had forged a permit. Oh, boy. So after a meeting that she was in, she got back in the car, yeah. took the placard off the mirror, and drove away. She was arrested the next day and charged with identity theft, counterfeiting a decal, and illegally parking in a handicapped spot. Wow. I didn't Boy, forgery. And defamation of a dead person. Yeah, totally.
1: Making them look like they were healthy. Yeah. Do you think she'll still be mayor when she gets out of prison? Oh, probably. We're very forgiving in this world. Sure. I mean, it was just a minor forgery and, you know, illegal seizure of a parking placard.
2: But you just know, I mean, you've been in your car before and you see somebody parking in a handicapped spot and you think, you're not handicapped. (laughs) As we go park a mile away.
1: Yeah, but yeah. It's kind of it's bad either way, right? They, I think they're going to make
2: her pay. Oh yeah, they're going to make her pay walk. for that.
1: <laughs> She'll pay for that. Hey, straight ahead, we're gonna going to do a little bouse in the house. McGinnis going to do a little mind bender for us about how your kids may actually see their birthday party. Maybe it's not as positive as you may think it is for them. Straight ahead on the Matt Townsend Show. It's the House of Baus, which means McKenna Baus is here. McKenna is one of our great producers here on the show, and uh, she always likes to try to kind of blow our brains up with information.
8: That is the goal.
1: The latest and greatest research. Today we're talking about how your child may see time differently than you do as an adult.
8: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, we all know kids, sometimes they're not, always the most patient no. they don't always get right the idea of time the way we want them to
1: well th- and this is the perfect time to talk about it because santa claus is coming
8: exactly and you
1: might say look he'll be here in a week and that but that seems like forever
8: if it seems like forever and the the it's not even if they know right. a week has this many days for us you know we can feel that we understand how long a week mm-hmm. feels and we can sort of frame the way we're waiting for something right. and be like, okay, that's a while off. I'll be patient. <laughs> Children don't they have don't get it. that innate sense of how long time is.
1: Uh, see, do you remember, I remember spending a night with all of my sisters. We were uh, cloistered away in a little room waiting for Santa to come. Mm-hmm. My older sisters were trying to keep me, to get me some sleep, But I was up every hour and then I'd wake everybody up. Is it time?
8: Is it time yet?
1: No. And no. Okay. Yeah. Try to fall asleep. Is it time yet? So part of it is we don't they don't have the patience, but I guess they have a different concept of time because what they haven't had time to figure out time.
8: It's one of those things that you can have explained to you. And as kids, they may sort of know intellectually, intellectually, they know but the time in order to really get is something you sort of have to experience, feel, yeah. and internalize. And they haven't necessarily had enough oh. experience with that right. to be able to do it effectively. So, for example, kids who are like four or five years old, they don't understand the idea that you, even, you age day to day. <laughs> yeah. You know that you're constantly getting older. For them, when it's their birthday, you know they're told you're, you're going to be you know, you're, six years old yeah, on your six. birthday, they tie that to that specific event. They think that,
4: the
1: event is what, what made, made them, them age. S-
8: made them six, that they <laughs> were five and now they're six. And that idea of that continual passage of time. Oh,
1: how interesting. It's not
8: something they really understand. And for even kids who are a little bit older and who understand, you know, the idea, the number 30 is bigger than three. Yeah. If you say you know, what is longer, 30 minutes or three hours. And they may know hours are bigger than minutes. Even if they know sort of the math behind it.
1: Conceptually. It's going to be really hard for them to
8: really answer that correctly. They have to really think about it because 30 sounds bigger.
1: But now, isn't that interesting? Because there's almost the reverse of that. When we get older, we don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm 48. Yeah. I feel like I'm 30. Yeah. Wrong.
8: All the time just sort of mushes together for us at that point too and so i think it's really interesting you know if you're trying to get your kids to be more patient you know maybe think about it don't say oh it's going to be 30 minutes try and find a way to frame that in In their terms (laughs) in their terms it's
1: three break. it's christmas is six breakfasts away away.
8: something that's a little more concrete maybe give them some of those milestones that they can count Yeah. yeah you know like oh it's the birthday it's the event so maybe tie it to events give it something so they can frame it in a way yeah that they're going to be able to understand and, and not drive you nuts and i asking, guess understand
1: it, their their impatience yeah, understand yeah. their issue isn't they're not trying to be belligerent
8: no they just really haven't had that time to develop mentally get up to the point point. and it's something that's so easy to forget oh, yeah. because oh, yeah. once that concept of time has become internalized it's so natural like you just sort of know how long a minute is so you can say, wait a minute. And you can generally yeah. get pretty close. Right. Yeah, Kids can't do no.
1: that. And uh, Jeff struggles with it, too, by the way. Yeah. Not that he's a kid, that he is a kid at heart, but he, yeah, time's hard for him.
8: Time's, time's hard for a lot of us.
1: It's, you know, well, you nailed it again, McKenna. Thanks well, thank for you. helping us with our little childish brains that we have. Anytime. And understanding. The impact of time. Uh, Great stuff. That's why we do the show, to help you be the good in the world, understand the world that you're in. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
6: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter at Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good
1: Monday morning, friends. Welcome to the program. Dr. Matt here along with Jeff and Terry. Merry Christmas
3: to everyone. Oh, oh, we can whoa. officially
2: recognize the season now. It's Uh-oh, amazing. we're back from watching Star Wars.
3: Yeah. No, that's right. So, yeah. Merry Christmas to all. You and to all a good laser can't lightsaber war. Can't wait to listen to the music Christmas Eve. That's when the music starts. So this how it sort of rolls out the Christmas this is season. You've come to life. You're like you feel like a whole new person to me. Yeah, I can kind of I can embrace Christmas now. Wait,
2: wait a minute. Yeah. You don't turn on the Christmas music until Christmas Eve.
3: That's my preference. Yeah.
2: Wow, wow. Scrooge. He's Ebenezer,
1: and the Grinch. I'm all wrapped up in one. But it's interesting ever since you've been able to see Star Wars you you have this whole new kind mm. of spirit of Christmas. Yeah. It's great. It really it was a great fl- it was a great flick.
3: A great flick. Did mm-hmm. have a question that for you. That doesn't do it justice, man. <laughs> Not about the movie, but I walked into the theater. Right. All these people, it's one of those theaters with the reclining seats and everyone's comfortable. Yeah. I talked before about the family that like Fifteen people and everyone kept getting popcorn. I'm like, sit down, okay? Yeah. <sighs> then I get stressed because I'm like, my wife's like, "What if we just sat on the other side?" And I'm like, "The place is full. We can't just move seats. <laughs> we can't move." Uh, but a couple of rows in front of us, I walked in and there was a guy there. His yeah. feet were up on the recliner, and he'd already taken his shoes off. Oh, he's uh, in the theater, no shoes. Yeah, that's that, not that's fair. not good.
2: That's not right.
3: Boo. Ooh, he seemed really comfortable, though.
2: Matt's sweating over here because he yeah. secretly has his shoes off right now. I have my shirt off,
1: too. <laughs> for those in listener land. Yeah, you can't. I, I think you ought not be taking your shoes off. You're at a theater, for heaven's sakes.
3: Yes. You're not at home. You're in the pub. You know, but at the same time, they try to make you feel so comfortable and relaxed. Yeah. You, you start taking off your shoes. Ugh. No, because no. then
2: next come the pants, and you get yep. a little too comfortable. Oh, no, that's a great point.
3: Yeah. And uh, I litter, like on the floor, because I feel like no, I'm, I helping oh, mm-hmm. no, yes. I'm helping the economy. Oh, you're one of those. No, am helping the economy because they hire people to do you. that. Yeah, yeah, so I kind of leave things, but. Well, because without you,
2: they wouldn't have anything to do for their job, right? Right. I'm
3: doing my part for the economy. That's <laughs> what, how I see that. What do you that. guys
1: think about Obi-Wan Kenobi in that movie so many times? It was shocking to see his return. I didn't think he'd play such a major role. I don't yeah. know
2: how they got Alec Guinness to reprise his role from the grave. Yeah. That's I think, amazing. I think they're doing a lot of video editing.
3: Mm. I mean, they do that with, with uh, what, Princess Leia in uh, Rebel One. Right. Rogue One. a Rogue One. Oh, I the guy and then uh, so Obi-Wan Kenobi and then how he got in that lightsaber
1: war with
2: Ray
3: and, and
1: took off three three uh right. three and how, appendages. Lives, and
2: yeah. how Darth Vader could make a return makes I know, no that sense was to weird. me. And how his helmet got spun backwards. That was But other than hard that It mm. was amazing.
1: Yeah It blew me away. It did too. It Wait. blew me away.
2: Okay. <laughs> it, it, I gasped. There were moments where I'm like, oh that was cool. And only half of those were uh, heartburn.
1: That's right. Yeah, I had a lot of heartburn that day.
9: Because so we had J-Dogs.
1: And I only had one J-Dog because mm. I'm trying to be healthy. Really? But the guy I was sitting next to, holy mm. J-Dog fest. Mm. I think he downed two J-Dogs and chocolate cake and ice
2: cream. And potato chips. Well, barbecue chips. Yeah, Jeff was sitting next to him too. I did not have ice cream. Oh, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't want them to know I was talking about you. Well, I outed myself as the culprit in this story.
1: Okay, yeah, it was Jeff. He was just totally just forcing food in his face.
2: But we had a great company party. Some people Lots drink. Of karaoke. Some people drink to get through their uh, holiday company parties. Yeah, I eat. Yeah, I just That's how I make it through.
1: I just enjoyed the festivities. And when BYU Sports Nation is up in about forty minutes or so, I'm going to ask them because they sang an incredible. That's right. They they sang a 12 Days of Christmas song that was just
2: riveting. You know it's time to leave, too, when the HR manager singles you out, taps you on the shoulder and asks you, doesn't suggest that you sing, but says, will you please get up there and sing? Yeah. I thought that was a little weird. They did it to me publicly.
1: I I hightailed it. But, you know, the trick is you got to pretend like you're losing your voice. So they were like, Matt, do (gasps) something. And I was like. (coughs) So that was all a sham. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Then I recommended you. They wanted you to sing, Matt? They wanted me to sing. Oh, wow. And I'm like, you guys do not want me to unleash the Kraken.
2: Don came over, too, and asked me to sing.
1: Yeah. Well, what it is, is we needed to throw somebody to the Sharks. So we all decided it was you. Especially because you had had two big... Uh, Hot dogs. Um, Let's get to the headlines with Terry. Terry, what else should we be paying attention to?
3: The Kremlin on Sunday said Russian President Vladimir Putin had phoned U.S. President Donald Trump to thank him for a CIA tip that prevented a terrorist attack. A statement from the Kremlin said the tip allowed authorities to detain terrorists preparing explosions at the Kazan uh, Cathedral in St. Petersburg. And in other public places, Putin reportedly asked Trump to thank the CIA for the information and assured him that Russian intelligence services would pass on any useful information on terrorist activity concerning the U.S. Okay. The White House confirmed later that the call happened, saying the U.S. had provided advance warning to Russian authorities of a terrorist attack that could have killed large numbers of people. A White House readout of the call quoted Trump oh, as saying, yeah. He and the entire United States intelligence community were pleased to have helped save so many lives. Russian media had earlier reported the arrest of a suspected ISIS supporter and several accomplices accused of planning an attack at the cathedral on Sunday. See, that was
1: super nice of us. Yeah. And, obviously, Putin and Trump are becoming really good buddies now.
3: Right. I mean, they're... Because this, this is unprecedented, they're right? They're in the same book club. <laughs> a lot of Facebook groups they're together on. So, I mean, yeah.
1: They're all friends I'd love to get to their book club meeting. wonder what they're reading... I bet it's from the Oprah Book Club. It's one oh, of theirs. Of I think they're, it's the Joy, really Joy Luck
3: over. Club. Oh, yeah. The Federal Communications Commission voted on Thursday to rescind Obama-era net neutrality rules. Supporters of the change argued it would foster innovation and give customers more option, while opponents raise the specter of the end of the Internet as we know it. And they have the sympathy of 83% of voters, including 75% of Republicans, according to polling that was done. Yeah, That broad support for retaining the previous regulatory scheme may fuel efforts to revive net neutrality in Congress. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer announced Friday he intends to force a net neutrality vote under the terms of the Congressional Review Act. It is in our powers to do that, Schumer said. Sometimes we don't like the administrative rule changes, but now we can use the uh, Congressional Review Act to our benefit, and we intend to. Were a net neutrality law passed by Congress, it would be more impervious to repeal than an agency-level policy under review by Congress. Yes! They can look at it. Go, Chuck! New York, Oregon, and Washington are gearing up to sue the federal government over that decision, so... Chuck Schumer. Go for it, Chuck. Uh, California's Thomas Fire grew to be the second largest wildfire in the state's r- uh, recorded history. By Sunday morning, the blaze has burned more than 267,000 acres and they expected to grow larger than the all-time biggest California fire as soon as Sunday night. I did not find any word on whether it did or not. I did hear that the wind had died down. Yeah. And they had one of their most uh, productive days in fighting these fires. In weeks, since they were able to the do The wind, I themselves. guess, is blowing in from the ocean, so it's pushing it back up the mountain,
1: I guess. Yeah. That's good news. I mean, but again, that could change in five minutes. Depending on the wind. Especially after the loss of a firefighter. Right.
3: Uh, the average price of a gallon of regular grade gasoline dropped three cents nationally over the past two weeks to $2.51 $2. a gallon. Industry analysts... Uh, say further declines are likely because U.S. gas supply are flush. The current gas price is 25 cents over where it was a year ago. Kind of saw the flush coming. Wow! <laughs> San Francisco <laughs> apparently they're the highest in the nation. They're paying 3.22 a gallon. But we ought not be flushing petrochemicals down the no, drain. Is it be... San Francisco? Yes. Ooh boy! Very expensive. 22. And with the the Disney purchase of Fox, Mm -hmm. or the proposed deal, needs to go through, regulatory review, a lot of Democrats want to have a uh, sit down and talk about what they're doing. And is this a good idea? So $52 billion deal with 21st Century Fox. Now that Disney has snapped up Fox's 30% stake in Hulu, combined with their own stake in the website Hulu, Disney (laughs) gets a majority control over the 10-year-old streaming company. They now have around 60% control of the Hulu really? streaming Ooh. service. It's really going to be Disney-loo. Disney-loo, yeah. So the, Isn't that the, desi Lu? That some, was Lucille Ball. Yeah, that was Lucille. There's some ideas that they'll turn into a supercharged service uh, to really challenge. Netflix, Disney also could decide to grow Hulu, which today is confined only to the U.S. They could actually open it to international markets. Uh, Disney chief Bob Iger on a call with analysts Thursday morning said the plan for Hulu is to make it the outlet for more adult-oriented products from the Fox companies. There's a lot of Fox intellectual property that fits extremely well into the Disney brand of direct-to-consumer services, he said, citing uh, Nat Geo and some of the Marvel properties. There's also a lot of products that we believe will be of great use to grow Hulu As it already is, Hulu is a more adult-oriented product that will benefit from Fox TV and production of, uh, like, FX, the television network.
2: They should just put all the Disney movies on Hulu instead of all the headache that comes with trying to create a whole new streaming service. Yeah, or Disney just needs to own Hulu. I I
3: think they want to do both. I think they want to have their own service and then have some of this more you know, TV for adults be on, on Hulu, have them separate from the two brands. They, they did the same thing early on when I was a kid. There was, it was called touchstone pictures. That's where, that's where Disney had their rated R movies. Buena Vista. Vista, They had these different brands that were not the Disney brand with the castle, but it's a different, you know, production company within their family, but they could have those movies over there Mm. and not have it connected to the mouse. (laughs) They're very careful about the mouse. Be very, very careful. So currently, Netflix <laughs> has 128 million subscribers. Okay. Amazon Prime, 85 million, and Hulu, 32 million. Oh wow!
1: Oh yeah, I didn't. Yeah, interesting. Okay, because so, I I have the first two. If they want to, don't if, have Hulu.
3: If Hulu, if they want to grow that, they need to. The, the other two, Amazon and Netflix, have international capabilities, where yeah. Hulu doesn't. So they're just confined here to the U.S. So if they expand it, they can you know, grow that number. It's still – it needs to be easier. To access it all? Yeah. We can't – That would require people agreeing and companies giving up control and they won't do that. Yes.
1: Something's got to give though. Or we as Americans need to stand up and Uh-oh. get our movie rights
2: where they need to be. Were you just – is that your bid for 2020? Yes.
3: You're going to run on a platform of television rights to the public. (laughs) Yes, and (laughs) internet.
1: No more throttling our internet.
3: Nice. There is no such thing as net neutrality. You could probably win on that. You you want to protect the integrity of your internet connection and your television Uh rights.
1: Matt, how do you feel about ISIS? Net neutrality. (laughs) Because that's really, I think, what most people are worried about. How is this going to affect, not my pocketbook, but my Netflix watching? You Mm. you could legislate that all phones must have a headphone jack.
3: Yes. I think some people would be really happy about that.
1: Without your crazy little dangle dongle, fandangle dongle.
3: There you go.
2: You could uh, make sure that nobody ever takes their shoes off in a movie theater ever again. Yes. Do not ruin my
1: environment. That's an environmental issue (laughs) for
2: movies. Have the EPA take care of
1: that. (laughs) Yes. Nice. See, we let's build a platform. This is good stuff. And if I don't run, because I might be busy, right? In twenty twenty,
2: yeah, I probably will be busy. You can get the star rating system back on Netflix. Yes. So the hearts is it hearts now? No, it's thumbs up, thumbs oh, down. Oh yeah. And yeah. what about our
1: rights to be able to edit any movie and get the junk out of the movies that we want to watch? What about that? artistic ability. Yeah. My eye. I
3: think that's an isolated concern, Matt.
1: If I pay $10, I want to be able to edit my own movie.
3: Maybe you just appeal to your 38% base at that point. You well, just yeah. kind of hold hold them, you know... Hold them with the ability to edit movies. But who shouldn't who should, the rest, have, who the should rest, have the power? The rest of the nation just gives kind of a shrug to it, like eh, whatever. No, but the people need the power. I should have really? the power.
2: If I pay the ten dollars mm-hmm. to watch your show, I should be able to watch it without certain things in it. By the way, if you were keeping score, that was actually a fifteen minute standing ovation. Wow. This feels good. Mm. I might I could see doing this for a living. Well keep in mind. Yeah. You'll be going up against The Rock, I believe.
3: You think he's going to run? He keeps entertaining people's questions about it. The Rock. Wouldn't you
2: want a president called The Rock? The oh, Rock. Yeah. I mean, solid as a rock. Yeah, that would be – that's great. Then – That would be his uh, slogan, by the way.
1: Solid as a rock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> n- <laughs> not a rock. That's right. different. Yeah. Right. Because I don't know how solid Iraq is right now, quite honestly. Um, I, I, I think we ought to put together a really nice – let's put together a nice ticket. And right now I'll host it, but I'm not, I, I'm not committed to run yet.
3: So are you forming an exploratory committee?
1: Yes. Okay. To explore – I want to have a committee that explores a, the idea of a committee.
3: What are you going to do for fundraising? <laughs> the way it works is every candidate has to have their billionaire. That's how it works. He's going to sell cookies. you got to find somebody. you got to have some sort of – are you going to go grassroots? Spaghetti dinner. I'll probably do both of those. Bernie Sanders went grassroots. I don't don't believe at first he had a billionaire. He may have had a couple at the end, but we're not sure. But the problem is that's the downside because the audience I'm trying to help, Mm.
1: they may not even know that there's an election. Right. Because they're all too busy (laughs) watching Netflix. But
3: there's hyper concern that Netflix just raised their monthly rates. Yeah, but and maybe we'll
1: be lucky enough to have another rate increase mm. before the election,
3: just to help you out. Mm-hmm. Just sort of goose the the public interest yeah. your direction.
1: Don't use the word
3: goose, but Go- yes, goose is an interesting term there. Yes.
1: And but again, it's hard to motivate these people because these seem to be the least motivated people, mm. unless it comes to Netflix. But so then, they're your people. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, mind what you say there because it takes a lot of motivation to soldier through an entire series in, you know, 2 days. It's
1: a good point. Do you know how hard it is to just push through like the final two seasons of Longmire? Yeah. <laughs> now I know where the long came from.
2: Right.
3: It's good, but it's slow. It's good, slow. but
1: he's slow. And so yeah. yeah.
2: Did you know that's the second reference you've made to Myers today? Really? What was the first? The Ox and the Meyer. Yeah. And Longmire. It's code. Yeah. It's total code.
3: It's a good show. Watch it. But just watch it one episode at a time like I do. Say, you yeah. don't want to just try to crank through it because it's kind of slow. Yeah. There's no speed. There's no rapid fire. It's just sort of like, oh, wait, we got to drive to the other side of Wyoming now. Hold on. I have I have slept through many, many of
2: the... Shows.
3: It's very sleepable.
2: But it's you great. Sh- then you wake up, and then all of a sudden there's a shooting.
3: Yeah, you're like, wow. Another you should one. Also, They got it.
2: You should also watch uh, You've Got Mail by Nancy Myers.
4: Really?
0: Okay. Hmm.
1: Still on the Myers thing. Uh, speaking of Meyers, um, I think the NFL's in trouble. How so? Because now the game is really yeah. the most pivotal players in the game are the officials. It used to be the athletes themselves would be the ones that would... Make or break the game. But now it seems to be in two games yesterday, the officials right.
3: interjected. And kind or they of, interpreted bad rules yeah. that need to be clarified. Right. They did their job.
1: Back in the day, we wouldn't have the video to watch it again and again and again and again. We just would have thought that the Steelers scored a touchdown and won. Right. And we would have thought that – who was it? The Raiders beat the Cowboys. Did the Raiders beat the Cowboys? No. In their bad call.
3: Their quarterback fumbled it through the end zone, giving the ball back to the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask our good brother. the
3: people that complain about the refs are the people on the teams that lose.
1: Well, but it was pretty ref central yesterday.
3: In two situations, sure. I mean, two really big games. Well, eh, one. Yeah. The only reason the Cowboys game was big is one, because a lot of people like the Cowboys, and two, it was the only game on at the time. Yeah. So there's a lot of eyeballs right there. But that's a big deal, too, because they're losing some viewers. Oh, sure.
1: And now I wonder if this used to be because of the kneeling. Now it's because of the guy pulling out a card to see if it's first
3: down. That's actually quite funny to watch. Even the referee knew that that was strange. he was like, all right, this is weird. And what are you looking for?
1: Like if you push the card down then and you move – I guess if you can push the card down without moving the ball, they didn't make it. I I guess. But if it moves the ball –
3: Couldn't you tell by looking at it? They couldn't apparently.
1: Hmm. It's, you know, it's a bad sign too. Once they have to move the pole to make sure the pole is totally vertical, right? Then, then you know, because then the guy might be you know moving a little bit to the other edge. And... Sports has sure changed with technology. It has, but, yeah. Not that it's not great awesome we'll be visiting with our good byu brethren at byu sports nation a little bit later we'll ask him about all of that plus byu Beach utah what in basketball unbelievable game there that's super fun and straight ahead kim giles will be joining us we're going to be talking about 12 ways to have a happy holiday as a single person this could be it could be a huge advantage to be single in the holidays or you know sometimes it might be a little lonelier We'll give you some tools, some ideas to help you get through it uh, with more GLAD Tidings. This is the Matt Townsend Show, helping you be the good in the world. It's that time, my friends. Christmas is coming. And uh, it's also the time that we get, you know, maybe one more shot with Kim Giles before she goes and takes her big holiday break where she (laughs) never does anything but sit back and eat bonbons.
9: Yep. Looking forward to that. Can't wait. (laughs) Is
1: that ever going to happen? Kim Giles joins us. She's the president and founder of Clarity Point Coaching and uh, also the 12 Shapes Relationship System. She's a regular on the program, also has her own radio show on voiceamerica.com. You can go check that out. Um, Go to her website as well, Clarity Point Coaching. So are you ready for the holidays?
9: (laughs) I'm so not ready. I'm
1: not ready either.
9: Not at all.
1: We're doing a lot of purchasing in the next few days.
9: Yeah. I'm going to be a last minute this year. Yeah.
1: Sometimes, you know, I somebody has to be. Mostly
9: my kids want money anyway. So I know. they're all getting old and yeah. they just want money. Just give me
1: cash, mom. Yeah. Just give me cash.
9: Which is really no fun. Well, and it's hard Christmas.
1: because um, everybody celebrates the holiday differently, right? Everybody's got a different need. But there, are, there is a group of people that I think we forget about around the holiday season that would be like the singles.
9: Yeah. And, you know, there there's traditionally a lot of depression. We have the suicide rate goes up over the holidays. Yeah. But I do, I do think it's especially rough when you're by yourself. And especially if being by yourself this year is a kind of new thing. If you mm. lost a spouse or you went through a divorce and you are alone for your first Christmas. I remember my first Christmas as a single mom. It was pretty brutal.
1: Oh, and then everybody's like, so...
9: How are you? Yeah, those family parties—they all, you know, they look yeah. at you like poor yeah. you, poor little
1: widow, <laughs> or a little ask, single mom, or
9: they don't know and yeah. they ask, you know, where's How's your spouse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's hard. Oh, you just dread yeah. the holidays.
1: And then, then, yeah, and and or just if you're just a single person and love being single, and everybody's like, is they're acting like you're malformed because you haven't got a partner for life yet,
9: right? You're really? Like, oh, oh, good. I'm re- I'm really? I'm good. I'm really happy. I'm actually happy and okay. Oh, in denial.
4: Yeah. You're in denial.
9: Or they question you the whole time about Are you dating anybody? And when you're not, oh, okay. <laughs> that looks
1: um, are you bad Are too. you working? What are you doing? <laughs> Isn't that weird? You just
9: hate all the questions. Yeah.
1: So you've got some points to help us. Twelve ways to have a happy holiday as a single person. Yeah. And maybe we can learn if you're not a single person how to. You know, how to make it better for those around us that aren't. Well,
9: a lot of these would apply to anybody who's having a rough time over the holidays. Cool. So, we're going to hit a bunch of them. So, my first one is you got to focus on what you do have, not on what you don't have. Right. And so much of this is what you focus on because if you sat down and really made a list of all your blessings and you made a list of all the things you're missing, the blessing list would be way longer. Oh, yeah. So, it's always a matter in this moment what you're going to focus on. And it's super easy during the holidays to kind of embrace the "I'm alone, poor me" story. Yeah, and if you invest in it, and that's where you choose to dwell, yeah, it's going it to make perpetuates it worse. More of it, right? It I mean, really it really does.
1: But and there might, we might think that there's some benefit to that. Like, I mean, subconsciously that. Because we choose to do it, even though it doesn't make us feel better. There's
9: a healthy aspect. And and I get called on this when I say you just got to choose your way out of it. Choose not to focus on it. Yeah, but you got to process the emotions that show up. And that's true. So if you're having a moment, you feel that, okay. But you got to decide how long you're going to live there. Yeah. And I know it's not as easy as I'm making it sound Mm. from experience. Right. Choosing to focus on the positive is not simple. No. And you choose it in this moment because this moment you have power over. And 10 minutes from now, the I'm lonely story might creep back in and you have to choose again. And it can be a lot of work and commitment. But I do believe we have the power to do it. And the more we practice it, the easier it becomes.
1: And you can even make it a habit or a pattern of every time you're driving home from work, Choose twenty things to count your blessings. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And you can make it a pattern, a habit. Then all of a sudden, it just is something you do.
9: Yeah, you don't even and it, have to. It just m- becomes how you live, yeah. kind of right. That's cool. But I think it's really important this time of year because it's so easy to focus on what you don't have. Yeah. My second one would be focus on self care, and and really, this is a wonderful opportunity that you have as a single person. Having been single and married, when you're married, you spend a lot of your time and energy caring for everybody else. Yeah. And, and you've got the time to really love you, do things for you. What mm. do you need? What do you need to give yourself permission to do for you That's during great. this time? Whether it's bubble baths or it's great books to read or it's go on a trip. Take a or class.
4: Whatever, yeah. whatever it
9: is, you do some things that fill you up. And we can't expect anybody else to fill that bucket. It always has to – whether you're married or single or whatever, if you're down at this season – You've got to own responsibility for right. what you need and making sure that you get it.
1: Well, and part of it, too, as self-care might be figuring out also why you're down. I mean, you may be down. I just had a, a client talk to me about how down they were. And it's like every Christmas just so down for them. And I asked them if they have seasonal affective disorder. Is there any way you could have SADS? And they're like, well, I don't know, and tell me more about that. And
9: They didn't know about they it. They had
1: no idea about it. But now they've been diagnosed with it, and they're dealing with it, and they're realizing, oh. So to actually take care of yourself might be to solve some of the root problems that you might be having.
9: Yeah. And, and you know, I think we have a lot of it here in Utah yeah. on the Wasatch Front. I think the inversion. Yeah, that's I mean, smog. we can go months without seeing the sun. Right. So, yeah, let's have you go see a doctor and find out. Figure it out get some sun That's whether you gotta idea. go up in the mountains or a tanning place oh yeah can make a big difference okay don't create a story around the whole mistletoe thing <laughs> <laughs> and i actually had read something somewhere that so, so many holidays involve kissing someone I know. right what is that like about? if you're alone on new year's eve when the
1: the ball drops? turns
9: 12 and you have yeah. someone to kiss then you're just a, a disaster sorry bad year you know, again, it's if you focus on that and make a story out of it. Yeah. And the reality is there's some payoffs to having a victim story. And if we can't get attention or, you know, people showing that they love and care about us in a positive way, we sometimes resort to a self-pity story. Right. And I see a lot of it this time of year on social media. And there are cries for some validation, right, that these, this person needs uh, to know somebody cares. Right. But but understand that if you invest in this victim story, even though on the short term you may get some sympathy, love from it, yeah, you it turns you people also, away. It does. They're it pushes people of, away. They're
1: tired of uh, always having to see you that way too, and always hear the story and always make it about you. They
9: kind of lose respect for mm-hmm. us when we show up that way, and, and we don't
1: mean. I mean, we're not. No. We're not consciously doing this. I'm assuming we. We just
9: no, but a lot of us, I think, as children learned that the self pity story gets you sympathy, love, attention
1: from mom, right? And if it
9: worked as a kid, we still try to do it as an adult. Right. So just step back and look at if some of that could be going on. Do you really want sympathy, love, or do you want respect? Yeah. Because to be honest, somebody who's strong and positive and chooses to be optimistic and focus on their blessings, people will be impressed yeah right and and we want their respect more No, it's I think, so at the true. end of the day
1: nobody wants to be pitied really
9: at the subconscious level maybe because you need some kind of attention but yeah. not a, not really no. if you consciously think about it it's not what you want
1: yeah we want respect r-e-s-p-e-c-t so
9: that's it okay plan activities don't just sit home and feel sorry for yourself. Right. What would make you happier? What would be fun to do? Invite some people to go with you and if you don't have any people, find some. There are all kinds of activities, yeah. meetup groups. Get out there, but don't sit home and dwell on the fact that you're alone when you <laughs> actually could take some responsibility no, totally. and plan some things.
1: I know I know a woman that is the best aunt you've ever met, and she has all of the nephews and nieces over. And they have so many incredible traditions. She, and she's well-known in Utah. People would know her. And, um, but what's funny is like, she tells me about all the stuff she's doing with her, her nieces and nephews. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I would never do that. If I was a single uncle.
9: <laughs> you wouldn't spend your time no, doing I'd all be, that? I mean,
1: I, I might take them to a movie. But she just loves being with kids. And she's changing. She, they have a connection to her that's unmatched. Wow. Her nieces and nep- she's the other mom. She's the she's so she's got all the benefits of it.
9: Right. Actually, even better because yeah. then she can send him home. If, <laughs> That's
4: right. That's right.
9: <laughs> but if kids aren't your thing, w- figure out figure out another way. Go with friends. And find other things. And plan something and yeah. invite people. And, the, and you, you know, you just got to own if you're not being invited, then be the inviter. Right. Right. Uh, another one I highly recommend is get out and find people to serve. There are so many opportunities yeah. around the holidays the everywhere needs volunteers and and help with Christmas sub for Santas and and helping the needy. Mm-hmm. There's so many opportunities, and the minute that you focus on other people, it pulls you out of your own stuff.
4: Totally, nothing
9: and does faster.
1: Arrows out, I call that. Focus your arrows out, your attention out instead of in.
9: Mm-hmm. But
1: it, again, and they don't have to be stereotypical, right? So you you don't just have to help the homeless. But I mean, you can help others. You can help the healthy. You can. There's Absolutely. no end to what you can do. Well,
9: and honestly, you—if you just look, there's a lot of other people that are alone at the holidays, right? right? Do things for them. Yeah. Um, there's a matter of fact. One of my friends, who's in her 70s, said there are 50 single older women in her area, in her neighborhood, and ward. 50.
1: 50. That
9: There are Plenty so many people. opportunities to reach out to other people that are in the same boat. Right? And even
1: if you just spent a little time with each of the 50, that's a huge
9: That could take your help. whole month.
1: Yeah, there yeah. you go.
9: Okay, make sure you get exercise and you eat well and you get sleep and you're taking care of yourself that way. Every time I hear about somebody that's suffering from depression – On any level, that's the first thing you want to do because those things literally physically make you feel better. And
1: and there's that inverse. You have less energy. You're down because of your depression. You're less inclined to want to go do any of that. But it's all the more reason to do it.
9: you got to do it. Get out and move. Get outside. Go for a walk. Join a gym. Get some exercise. Um, I love a great book. I can completely just escape my life and really get into a wonderful story. There you go. And I love alone time for a chance to read. <laughs> wish my family would go somewhere so I could read.
1: Yeah, please, everybody. Let, <laughs> give mama a gift of a time. A book.
9: <laughs> okay, if family, family gatherings don't help and they make you more depressed, don't go.
1: You don't if have to go to everything. You
9: don't have to go. Or
1: you could go and leave. You don't have to stay to everything.
9: Absolutely not. I'm
1: swamped. I've got a book I'm reading.
9: <laughs> Whatever. And you leave excuse you need but don't feel obligated to go to things where it's going to make you feel worse yeah right bag out don't go
1: unless then what you might be doing is then then you go home build your victim story woe is me yeah, don't and become miss more out if
9: you're going to do
4: that right so right.
1: be i mean deal with deal with your emotion but you don't have to stay there and by the way We don't have to stay – these things are long. I mean we're with family a long time. I think a lot of us don't know how to say goodbye.
9: (laughs) Because we can't leave.
1: Because we can't ever leave.
9: Well, part of it is those parties have usually always been a tradition in your family. And we kind of get stuck in this if it's tradition. I have to keep doing it. But you know what? You don't. You could make some new traditions. Um, for many years, as a single mom, Christmas Eve I was by myself, and so you know that wasn't going to be a fun tradition. Right. So I found some other single friends, and we started a tradition where we all went out, and and it was totally untraditional, but it was a good time. But, and a
1: great and very healthy. Very healthy. Healthy doesn't have to be what's always been.
9: Make right? something new.
1: Yeah. It's Don't what feel
9: you need like now. just because it's tradition, you have to do it. That's good. Um, limit the alcohol. Yeah. I think a lot of people try to numb their feelings with alcohol around the holidays. And folks, it's a depressant. At the end of the day, you're Absolutely. going to feel
1: worse. I'd also limit the eggnog just while you're at it.
9: Yeah. That's I mean. a pretty good idea.
1: <laughs> just, you know, it's also a depressant.
9: It It is. Okay. Um, if you do go to the party and the inevitable questions begin, yes. have answers prepared. hmm Funny answers, deflect the questions, yeah. whatever you have to do, be prepared going in for what you're going to say. Um, I also think it's really helpful if you go in on a mission to be the question asker, there not the question receiver, you could flip this thing around because if you went to everybody in the room and asked and asked and asked and asked about their life, you could keep them all talking and completely keep it off you. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and they'll it's love easy. you. They love it.
1: Oh, man. you're. I just, I don't know what it is about Kim. I just love her. She asks the best questions about She's
9: me. She's the best listener. That's what you want to be. <laughs>
1: That's great.
9: Buy yourself some awesome presents. Seriously. Don't feel bad that there's not someone else to, right. to give them to you. Buy what you really want.
1: And then make up a great fantasy about who gave it to you.
9: <laughs> Whatever it takes. That's but awesome. you can have presents really? under the tree. And Something that
1: you're excited about. opening them. That's cool.
9: Absolutely. Which, by
1: the way, if you're single, you might have more money. You might, right?
9: And you know, other people rarely get you what you really want anyway. That's right. So and you're not
1: going to get yourself a gift card. This
9: is better. Yeah. <laughs> get out of town. Some of my best Christmases where I spent the money to go on a trip,
4: money. and it yeah. totally
9: didn't feel Love like it. Christmas anyway. And it was a great time, and I just skipped the whole holiday completely. And so I good. think that's a great way to go. Um. If tears come and you do have some of that emotion show up, we're not saying suppress it, don't deal with it. I think often we need a little pity party. Yeah. Ball it out. Let it out. Process it. But then decide... Okay, I got it out of my system. Now I'm gonna choose positive again yeah. and get back in.
4: It's good advice. I do
9: find sometimes a really good cry does actually release it and you do feel better afterwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if that's where you are, let yourself go and, there.
1: And you might also wanna get off social media.
9: Yeah, that could help. Couldn't it? Because
1: it's it's hard to go watch everyone else's, you know, illusionary happiness.
9: Yeah, the PR campaign about how great their lives are. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you, you might be better swear not to off see of it. it.
1: Maybe start a new series on Netflix or something.
9: And you know what I would do instead? I would watch funny yes. stuff. I would watch funny movies, yeah. funny YouTube videos. There's tons of comedians now yeah. on Netflix and everywhere. Make yourself laugh. Laugh through the laugh holidays. Laugh through the holiday. That's, I love that. That is my number one. There are plenty of funny things. Yeah. And a good belly laugh
1: it's, makes uh, you
9: feel so much better. Because
1: the endorphins will flow. Mm-hmm. And then, then you, if you had friends around to laugh with them, sometimes that becomes contagious. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Bring Absolutely. friends around.
9: Bring friends around. And watch funny stuff together. Or just together. laugh at each other. But you can do this. Don't let the fact that it's Christmas time and you're not with a significant other define this month for you. No,
1: that's not who you are. That's great stuff. Kim Giles is her name. Clarity Point Coaching is her game. Go to the website, claritypointcoaching.com. So many great activities and assessments you can take there. Just spend all – that's what you could do. Spend all day on ClarityPointCoaching.com. Yeah,
9: lots of good stuff.
1: It'll change your life. Thanks, Kim. Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Uh, We'll continue the journey straight ahead with our good brethren from BYU Sports Nation. We're going to find out their take on the BYU-Utah game straight ahead. (laughs) Welcome back, friends. That right there sounds like uh, Jerem doing a little bit of our uh, karaoke at the company party. Let's turn it down to our good brother in at BYU Sports Nation. Find out what's coming up on their show today. It's Jerem and Jason. Hello,
6: gentlemen. What's up, Matt? Good morning. How Doctor? you doing?
1: How you guys doing?
6: We're doing well. BYU beat Utah. Holy, Holy well. oh, cow. Really great.
1: That was quite a game. They were on fuego.
6: Yeah, BYU led for 38 minutes. It was never really... Uh... You know, in question, there were times where Utah got it down to five, but BYU kind of led by eight to twelve most of the time, and walks away with a 77-65 win over Utah.
1: Hope is alive in Cougarville,
6: and it's about time, Matt. <laughs> I, I, honestly, <laughs> I
0: didn't even know when I realized like BYU's going to win this game. I'm like, I, I don't even know how to react to this. It's weird, huh? It is. It was a weird feeling. Well, no, no a good feeling, it. but weird.
1: Is BYU that good, or was Utah that bad?
6: I don't think Utah's – I think Utah's an NIT team. I think BYU's probably an NIT team, but they're playing closer towards an NCAA tournament type of team right now. 9-2, they play uh, Idaho State and Texas Southern this week, then Portland. Those are three – at home, those are three games BYU should win. BYU should be 12-2 and two going into the St. Mary's game on December 30th. Mm. And if BYU wins that, they'll show up in brackets. They will. Holy cow. So, so I think BYU's ahead of schedule with a team that has no seniors that lost Eric Mika that lost Nick Emery they've found themselves and they've found themselves playing defense six games in a row have allowed fewer than 70 points this is a different kind of BYU that plays good defense takes good shots and it's paying off right now and, and there was no it. question they were the better team saturday night that that yeah. was
0: there was they were the better team they had the better players they they were the better team and, and like Jeremy said even when the lead was cut down to five, you never felt like BYU was going to lose the game. It, it just it was a little hiccup, and then eventually it was back up to 10 or 11 points.
1: It was exciting. It was. In
0: fact, um,
1: you had the same look, I'm sure, on your face uh, as you did when you were watching Spencer... And uh, and Jerem sing a uh, little Christmas song.
0: You mean in awe? Uh-huh. Your the jaw was awe just and gaping with open awe, ah. with just admiration. Uh-huh. It was pretty good for those. I know that there's video of that. I don't know where that video ended up. Yeah, but that does need to see the light of day, Ooh. and by that I mean social media.
6: Yeah, it was more inside jokes about BYU broadcasting than anything. But I I was amazed by harmony. You
1: actually created harmony, like. I don't We've, know if that was we accidental in that harmony
6: on BYU Sports Nation, <laughs>
1: but that was real harmony. I was
6: moved. That's that's actually the name of our group. It real, was real harmony, <laughs> Cooly high harmony. <laughs> it was.
0: From a uh, little uh, boys to men back in the day.
1: By the way, way to bring in a little boys to men. Mm-hmm. We haven't had that mentioned since the last time you were on. <laughs> How awkward is that?
2: Boys to men, A B C B B D. Bowie, that oh, was,
1: Look at Jeff. Hey, okay. Here's another question for you. Do you think the referees and officials in the NFL are getting in the way? It seems well, like two one games literally this week. Got in the way Yesterday, <laughs> did one get? Did one yeah, get yeah, plowed? Got plowed over? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. That seems so rude. Um, yeah. It's, what do you think? I mean, the, the Steelers. Those are Patriots hard calls.
6: Game comes down to a, a play that looks like a touchdown, but the NFL made this weird rule a few years ago with Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Lions that. You can't just catch the ball. You have to complete the catch, meaning you can't go to the ground and have the ball come out at all. Like, yeah. It's kind of a weird deal. Because like, Homie crosses the goal line yesterday. That should be a touchdown, but he didn't Yeah, he didn't it, maintain. Which is funny because once he crosses the goal line, touchdown. Yes, it's, it's a, to be touchdown, a touchdown. It's what happens with regardless running Regardless of if the ball pops yes. out. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's so the, the Steelers thing.
6: lose because of that. That's
0: the problem. And it's not just this game. It's almost every game, there's a play that gets overturned because it wasn't technically by the book. But you look at the play and you say, there's no way that that's not a catch. Mm -hmm. Everything about that was a catch. Or everything about that was this, this, and this. But yet they overturn it on a technicality. And I think that's what the NFL is fighting right now is people, things just don't pass the eye test anymore. Right.
1: And
6: now we have all these eyes on the field. And it's not understood easily by the majority yeah. of people. So that's frustrating. It'd be like being, being pulled over for something, but you had no idea why. You don't <laughs> understand the law. Yeah. That would be frustrating if the majority of people didn't understand that. Yes. It's like, wait, what? I, well, here in the, in the law book for the state of Utah, here's what it says. It's like, well, oh, yeah. I honestly wasn't aware of that.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's the law. Sorry. Got to take you in. Yeah.
6: and that's why I asked the uh, the highway patrolman in my ward all my questions about beating <laughs> oh, really? and uh, so he can't what even can get away with. He
1: can't even go to church <laughs> without having to answer crazy legal questions now.
0: By the way, is the five exactly. miles over thing is that legit? We've always 5, <laughs> five More like ten. No, bro. but I'm saying like, like that you will not for yeah. sure get pulled over.
6: From no, going that's five not over. true. That's not true.
1: They can pull you over just for fun.
6: Your, your former coworker Mary Richards at uh, KSL yeah. once told me that she was both of you, by the way. you yeah. both worked at KSL. Uh, she was pulled over for going one over. One time. Really? Yes, in the neighborhood. She was well, but in the twenty five. You
1: know, but Mary was doing other things.
6: Ma- yeah, Mary's gonna marry.
1: Yeah, Mary. You know, <laughs> Mary was packing heat, I mean we know. We know, Mary. Um, talk about uh, your show. I mean, I know Spencer's not here, but you guys
6: are still— Now we can let loose. Now you're going to do the show, right? You're still going to do it. Now we can really do the show. Party! <laughs> yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, men's basketball, obviously. Mark Durant, the uh, radio analyst for BYU, will join us. And what was your favorite part? That's our Twitter question mm. today. Use the hashtag #BYUSN. And I'm not sure. Um, There's some football news over the weekend. BYU
0: hired a new offensive coordinator. No, really, his name is uh, is Jeff Grimes. Ah, and he uh, is going to join us on the show today. It's. Uh, this is a very impressive hire. This is getting uh, high fives and uh, the fist pump from uh, from just about
6: everybody. Everybody's pretty pleased with this. Really? Yeah. Plus, if you missed Bill Walton on the call for BYU Utah, we will play you the best of Bill Walton. And Bill is in our studio Saturday, and he put on the blue goggles. We'll show you some pictures if you're watching. How great
1: is that? Boy, he is about as loving of Provo and Utah oh. Valley as anybody I've ever heard he of. He
0: could teach a class on <laughs> on the state of Utah. Life
6: <laughs> elevated. Yeah, I mean, like, he the guy like knows
0: everything. He mentioned Escalante I and science about 800 Is he times. here that
6: often? I was, the, uh, <laughs> I was the stage manager, so I had some of the paperwork, you know, that he used for that and whatnot. His research was solid. It was, and he before the game, he said do you know BYU sports history? And I said, why, yes, I do. And he said, Minson, what's his first name? I said, Roland. And he's like, and there was a Lavelle Edwards and then a Liddell Anderson basketball (laughs) coach. I was like, yes. He's like, that's unbelievable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Even sounds like him. He's awesome. Plus, he's wearing the shirt, keep. Provo awkward, awkward or whatever, yeah, Had a
0: split hat, yeah, BYU, I hate Utah. that hat so much, by the way, yeah. I hate that split b y u Utah hat, I'm sorry,
1: because every time he turns his head you you don't know what to yeah, he was when
0: from. he was looking at Roxy, it was folk, it was always on the youth side,
1: ah, oh, that's not good, not good, well, gentlemen, it sounds like a home run again, another great show, of course, b y u sports nation, it's straight ahead, you won't want to miss it, uh, and Jason and Jerem will be there, the gang already. They're now going to go do their push-ups and uh, get their body makeup on. Uh, but first, before we move on, we'd like to always end the show with a little hero story for you. Now, a routine trip to a gas station wound up turning into a work adventure for one obstetrician on Friday as he helped a former patient deliver her baby in the parking lot. Dr. Javier Soto, uh, who was filling up gas at a station, was flagged down by a panicked expectant father who noticed the doctor in his blue scrubs. The unidentified man approached Soto and asked if he was a medical professional before leading him over to a pickup truck where his wife was Laying in the back seat, Soto discovered the woman who had been seen, uh, who had been seen by Soto before, having to switch practices due to insurance coverage. She was crowning, and the baby was about to come. Uh, I could wait for an ambulance or deliver the baby, Soto said. I don't know how the baby is doing at this point. I thought it was better to just deliver the baby. He instructed the woman's husband to find some scissors, some gloves, ask for a pair of shoelaces. One push later, the woman delivered a healthy baby with Soto using the laces to tie off the umbilical cord before cutting it. Unbelievable. The ambulance then arrived a few minutes later, and Soto uh, followed the family to the hospital where he completed postnatal procedures. I was thinking, thank heavens everything came out fine, Soto reported. And so he is the hero of the day. He said, God has a purpose for everything. Soto said, he put me there for some reason. What a hero story. Again, lucky to have anybody that you meet at a gas station happens to be an obstetrician my luck i would have probably found a plumber but hey maybe he could have done the same job that's what heroes are for folks you too can be a hero that's why we bring you the show just to help make sure that all of us know how to be the good in the world how to live up to our potential that's it we'll be back again tomorrow BYU Sports Nation is up next